The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favorite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Previously on Fantastic Forum. I might actually get to watch UFC at home again. Oh, great. Now you can jerk off to it. That's what I'll do. Amazing splash page of Sabretooth. When I was looking at it, I was like, Jay will think this is awesome. Moses will think this is awesome. Oz will like it too. Put uh, that pic in chat. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Sorry. <laughs> Mo's like, where's the picture? Goddamn it. <laughs> you should have said, like, you know, as you read it, like, you thought of pre production, like, oh, they're going to love this. Why don't I look for it just to have it ready? You, you, you're right, Mo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Moses. I'm a terrible producer. Everyone knows that about me. I feel like you're not listening to me when I'm talking to you. No, I'm definitely listening to you, Moses. Tune in to Fantastic Forum Live, Wednesday nights, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, on allgames.com. Rico, I get the keys where she's coming in and comments for the music. Tony. What is his name? Tony. Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle Thomas in the sixth grade, but oh, yeah. I wanted to play a little game instead. Aquaman's a hero! She was better than number one looks like. I guarantee you, boys, we'll go back to the shop. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum. Assemble! You listen to Fantastic Forum, All Games Radio's premier comic book show, and your live weekly show about comic books. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from All Games Studio Los Angeles. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We'll help you take it up a notch. Yeah, the usual suspects in the building on Skype. He is our intrepid senior reporter. He's next in line for the cowl. He is our resident Dark Knight detective. He's Oz. Yeah, I'm here. Next, he's the backbone, the pillar, the strength, the fantastic form, our nigh invulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. Was I the only one that didn't think that um, Sabretooth's flash page from last week was that good? Damn, no. I think so. No. I think it's just you. Really? Yeah. Really? Neither one of you liked it? It's like whatever. Like, Oh, it's a man. it's a cool image. I don't know. Like I I pay a hundred bucks for it. The it's not the best one I've ever seen of Sabretooth. Like I don't even see myself like 
particularly being moved by it while reading the comic. Is that why you haven't put it in chat? I put it in chat. It's in chat last week. I put it. In, <laughs> I put it in chat like not long after that that clip aired, or after that clip. Yeah, after you said that, like I, I went and found it and and put it into chat, and I did notice the the lack of reaction, and I was like, oh okay, well these sons of bitches, they done moved on. But I didn't realize Mo was just unimpressed. It, and it didn't I mean, even feel like a splash page because it was just like on one page. I'm sorry, say what? It didn't feel like a splash page because it was only on like one page. I mean, uh, a splash page is usually on one page, right? Isn't it like a two page thing? No, it's like a whole page or, you know, or even like a splash panel. But it, it can be two pages, but normally it's one. Oh, that's what I consider the, spl- the splash page where you open it up and like both pages make one image. No, that's I mean, it, what is that called? I mean, it might be a, a it, maybe it's called a doubles. Is it a double splash page? I'm actually I'm, spread two page spread. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was about to say, like, I was like, damn, I know that I know this. How do I like all of a sudden I'm forgetting comic book terminology, like pieces of the comic book. The, yeah, like, the, the best versions of those are the ones that are always stuck together. Oh, Lord. I tell you, man. I, I thought that's why it was a splash page because that's where I splashed. Well, Larry splashed. I I didn't splash or saber tooth, but I thought it was a. I, I loved that piece of art. I just like, but you know what it was though. I think a little bit of it is just like nostalgia. Yeah, Marvel sycophantism. How? What? Now, why is it Marvel sycophantism when it's like it's literally very specific? It's like it. I was gonna say it's like you know it's a classic version of Sabretooth, which I, I know I haven't seen in a while, and it's drawn well. And so I was just like, you know, I think I, I think I'm just feeling that, you know, what I'm saying like that's so. But you know, hey, I, don't get me wrong, I, I understand that may, maybe I'm getting a little bit something different out of uh, House of X and Powers of Ten than than the rest of you. But um, you know, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's doing ridiculous. Yeah, like sure. it's moving ridiculous numbers as far as comics go these days, and it's like out the gate stuff is getting uppriced, and people are trying to like getting sold out all over. It's it's insane. Like I'm pretty sure they're doing like second and third printings of like issue three, which is just yeah. But anyway, uh, my name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mir Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. I didn't mean to derail your intro. It's okay. It's okay. I just got reminded with the recap. I understand. <laughs> Uh, That's what it's there for. That that is a recap is there to remind you of what happened last time. We got a great show for you today, though. Today we're going to talk to you about Breaklands. Number one, we're going to bring you a review, and we're also going to talk about Event Leviathan as well. So uh, I think we're going to bring you a review of that, and of course the latest and greatest in comic book news. And whatever else it is that you good people want to talk about. So we'll tell you how to do that and get down with Fantastic Forum in just a moment. But first, we want to make sure that we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, All Games Radio, the All Games Radio Network. And, of course, you all, the All Games community, for allowing us this time, equipment, opportunity, ability to talk about this medium that we love oh so much, which are comic books. Uh, We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Jeffries Comics. Jeffries is L.A.'s in the South Bay's best comic book store. You can get all your comic book needs met there at Jeffries Comics. All you got to do is give them a call at 310-538-3198. Word. Also, if you want to get down with Fantastic Forum, uh, we got a few different ways to do it. Here's how. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. 
there you go. We're going to go ahead and keep it moving. I'm looking in the chat. I see Tiger Claw saying that Joker movie might be legit. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival and a lot of credits are calling it a masterpiece already. It's gotten an eight. It got it's gotten an eight minute standing ovation. And it's gotten 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Gentlemen, what do you all think about what you've seen of this Joker movie? And what do you think about the buzz surrounding it? You can't trust the Rotten Tomatoes score. I mean, they gave Chappelle like 30. Yeah, I hear that. Okay. Moses, you have any thoughts? I like... What does 100% on Rotten Tomatoes get in terms of a standing ovation? Like, eight minutes is only good for 83%? Oh, like, what's the ratio? I don't know, man. uh -uh. Yeah, I I don't know. This this movie is a little weird, like, in general. Like, I still maintain that they just made a serial killer movie and slapped a Joker name on it, and... It was probably the original script was had nothing to do with the Joker, and then they just kind of tweaked it. And it was probably supposed to be a John Wayne Gacy movie. That's why he's got that makeup like that. And that's why they have that scene when he's like trying to make the kid laugh. Yeah, and trying to fuck him. <laughs> it's it's new Karate Kid all over again. Might as well made would have should have made it that uh, Will Smith's kid. Wait, what? Why why is a Karate Kid all over again? Because they redid Karate Kid, but it was Will Smith's kid and. It was he was doing kung fu, not karate, because you know Chinese. I'm not, look. I'm not sure what where you're going with that analogy, but I'll take it. But it. it's that they try to make a they try to make a movie about about something. They try they try to tell this story, but they know it's not going to sell. So they slap a name that everybody recognizes on it, like the Joker, like that movie. They they ah, slap the Karate Kid name got on it. You. Okay, I'm I'm here where you're coming from now. Got you. Okay. I'm not entirely surprised that it's good. It's just you know nobody's saying this is the definitive Joker. They're saying this Joker movie is good, a good movie. You know what I mean? So I, I there's no doubt that Todd Phillips can make a good movie. Like I'm actually a fan of his. I just don't think this is a Joker movie that's going to be a good Joker movie, you know? And I still don't, even though it's got, you know, eight minutes of standing ovation. <laughs> you know, I, I will say that um, I've heard, you know, people speaking about it positively. I, have, I haven't actually, anyone that's seen it hasn't had anything negative to say about it. I will say that, um, you know, the, the thing that I've been noticing is that some of the people that, that help make the movie... Not Joaquin Phoenix, because I haven't seen that, but other people, um, like, they seem like they've really been trying to distance themselves from other comic book movies, and in that process have kind of, like, talk mess about other comic book movies, which is, like, I don't know, like, that... That has definitely been something that has kind of made my ears perk up. And it's not like a thing where I'm going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to go see it because they don't like comic book movies. But I'm just like, well, why? Like, if your movie's so good, why do you have to, like, talk down the like the comic, comic book movies that have come before it? Like, I don't understand because, that. Because Hollywood, there, there's, a, there's a section of Hollywood that's the uh, pretentious class. And these are the, the people that do, like, the Academy Awards and stuff. That's why it's always these tiny movies that get these nominations that you, nobody's seen these movies. And they're not all the, the best movies. You know, the, the top eight nominees for, for movie of the year aren't always the best movies. But they, there's this pretentious class that, that they, they, they want to jerk themselves off. And, and they don't like the fact that right now to be successful you kind of got to be comic booky superhero that's that's what they see as that's the thing now and they they resent that but they're going to use that to get their movie out there but they resent that they have to resort to that it's like mm. it's like the the lady that 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 has an has an addiction but no money 
So she's got to blow a dude for crack money. She's going to resent the fact that she has to blow this dude, but she still has to to get her crack. Look, I, I, I feel like all of your metaphors are off today. I haven't had whiskey yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm going to go pour think, a glass. I'll be back. I don't think, I don't think that metaphor is saying what you wanted to say. <laughs> Mo knows what I'm trying to say. Explain it better. No, oh, Mo, Mo, Mo knows how to blow job. You, you, well, I know, crack one for sure. <laughs> But I, he's talking about the pretentiousness and all this stuff, and I think of it more in from the comics side of things, where all the fans are like that, except maybe Larry. But, you know, if you say something, oh, the comic is so better, they automatically look at you like you're a uh, fucking elitist, white <laughs> male elitist, you know? So uh, I think that's why they have to kind of, like, talk shit about other movies, too, because... They know I'm a DC, you're a Marvel. You know what I mean? <laughs> they gotta play into that. It's, um, it's interesting, though, just because, you know, I, I, I get where Oz was coming from before the analogy where he's like, yeah, there's definitely a whole set of people in Hollywood that resent the fact that the most popular movies and the most successful movies are things that they think of as like, you know, lowbrow or, right. or potentially silly. And I get, you know, while I don't agree with where what Oz was necessarily saying when he's like, hey, these small movies that no one saw are not the best movies that came out. Like, hey, I don't feel like the best movie is necessarily the one that everyone saw. But I get I, I get that that mentality and, and that like I feel like a lot of people agree. More people agree with Oz than agree with me but my whole thing is i don't have anybody having any issue with not liking comic book movies i mean it's it's even though i won't say i, I don't think of comic book movies as a genre really but i understand that it's like a subject matter and it's like okay if you don't want to see superheroes and people in costume because you feel like hey that's kid stuff and that's not your thing then cool i i get that and I'm not you know i have no problem with somebody being like i don't want to watch that i have no desire to see that or I don't want to act in it or direct it or any of that. That That's fine. What I don't understand with this, though, is these are people that are making a movie about a comic book character talking mess about comic book characters and comic book movies or like saying like, well, you know, like it's weird because it's like they're it, basically saying, well, we made a, a, a sophisticated comic book movie. We made a movie that just so happened to have a comic book character at the center, but it's not a comic book movie. It's like, well, dude, I mean, you're you're making like you're making a, a movie in a different genre, and that's all they're. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. See, where it's like, okay, don't... obviously the tone of this Joker movie is is different than a lot of the comic book movies we've seen released up to this point. See, but but the... at the end of the day, it's still Joker, right? They, these people it... don't see it as they're making a comic book movie. From day one, they've said this is a character study, not a comic book movie. They didn't even call it a movie. They call it a character study, a look into <laughs> the mind of a killer. That yeah, those, those it's are almost like signed up to make a film, and then they tacked on the name Joker after the fact, which is what Oz was saying, right? Yeah, and in, the, in the end, we all agree. Oh. <laughs> now, I, I I think I've told this story before, but it it it's so burned into into my brain that it just. It, when we have conversation like this, it, it comes up where there was this this girl and we we're having a, a conversation and she wanted to see a movie. And this will tell you how long ago this happened. She she was asking me, hey, so that movie coming out, The Avengers, is that you think that's going to be good? I'm like, well, yeah, I think it's going to be real good. Well, you think I should go watch that? And so I looked at her like, well, I mean, did you did you watch any any of the movies that led up to it? Like, did you watch Iron Man? And she looked at me with all seriousness and said, oh, I don't watch those type of movies. Uh. 
Now she was ridiculously she was ridiculously hot, so I didn't say this out loud. But in my brain, I'm yelling at her like, "What the fuck are you talking to me about then? Why are we having a co- why even ask me about the Avengers if you won't even watch Iron Man?" Right. But it's exactly when you should you should say those things. I had an incident like that today, but what? it was a it was a dude that was clearly white trash and possibly on meth, and was is the boyfriend of like the checkout girl at the gas station by my house. So I don't want to piss her off either. But I, I, I was wearing a I was wearing a Blackest Night uh, Batman shirt where it's it's Batman in uh, with the with the black ring, so zombie Batman. And the the checkout girl was like, "Oh, that's that's a cool Batman. What what Batman is that?" And then her boyfriend, I guess, to cut me off from from responding and having a conversation with his girlfriend. It starts talking about how, oh, well, it could be any any one of a number of Batmans. There's like nine Batmans. And some people like the DC Batman. Some people like the Marvel Batman. Oh, jeez. And she turned to him and she's like, there's a Marvel Batman? And yeah. that, that, that's the I, I just, you know what? I just want to pay for my shit and get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> this fool going to stab me or shoot me or do something to me. I, I come here like every other day. I don't need drama. You should have asked her how she gets wet for him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I should have done in front of her, in front of her possibly meth addicted boyfriend. Yeah. Hey, you call the cops. You're not the one at fault. You're not the one on meth. Oh, jeez. I'm still the one bleeding out. Nah, you're bleeding out. How do you get wet for him? Uh, since we're still on the the topic of possibly not getting wet, here's a couple of the negative reviews that Joker has. This one's from Nicholas Barber from BBC.com. It says here, uh, well, okay, Phillips and Silver are entitled to imagine any version of the Joker they like, but their film is way too superficial to take seriously as a study of class, conflict, and mental illness. That's just a little blurb uh, from Mm. his... uh, This guy, David Elric from... uh, IndieWire says it's nothing less and nothing more than an agent of bridal chaos. Uh, is that guy, a is that a bad review? Isn't that what Joker's supposed to be? It's the 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 rotten reviews. Oh, uh, so it says uh, here. This one's Alonzo Duralde from the Rap says if you strip the Joker and his nearly eighty year history as a cultural icon out of this film, as well as this. As well as all the 1970s movie homages, there's nothing a whole lot left except for Phoenix's performance. And it's the kind of turn that, that's destined to be divisive. Mm. Uh, it says, this is Stephanie Watts from Sci-Fi Now. says, the film begins in a pretty dark place and only gets more and more miserable as it goes on with no relief in sight. Now, that actually would get me to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, I like movies like that. Like, only the first one sounded bad to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everything else you're All saying sounds like, like that's, that's the Joker. Bad reviews, yeah. that's, yeah. that's the Joker. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let's see if we have any more rotten. But, okay. This one, Brian Viner from Daily Mail UK. Joker is a thunderously powerful character study of a man with a mental illness and a ferocious indictment of society that doesn't treat the mentally ill with the same compassion it shows to say cancer sufferers. Now, to be fair, the Joker wouldn't do that either. But actually, that's a positive movie. Never mind. Like, I guess my whole thing, like, I, I, of course, I'm going to go check the movie out, right? Really? But my whole thing, yeah, I was going to, yeah, wh- why not go check it out? It's like, it's it's a different take. It's like, like if I went to go see Suicide Squad, I'm definitely going to go see this Wait, show. Mo, you're you know not going to go watch Joker? I mean, like, I just have so much fun talking shit without seeing it. <laughs> 
why why stop the the fun train? You know, you, I mean? look, you can go see it and continue to talk shit from a place of of knowledge. No, because overall, this is probably going to be a good movie with all the seventies homages and all that. You well, know? it could be a good movie, but not a good Joker movie. And I that mean, was that's kind of the whole thing that I'm trying to figure out because I'm like, if you have a movie and it's about the Joker, even if it is an origin story. If it's like if it's if there's no like Batman in it, like what is that? Well, there is a Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne. No, no, but that's not Batman. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Batman. Like about Bat- the thing is, there's the part of what makes the Joker the Joker and Batman Batman is the antithesis. Yeah. And if that movie doesn't have that, like what really? Like the two of them together is what makes them awesome. And you know, like I mean. Don't get me wrong, like when, you, like when we talk about, like, say, for instance, The Dark Knight, obviously, you know, Heath Ledger stole the show, but... Because there was a Batman there to steal it from? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, though, right? It's like, it, he he was able to be who he was because he was playing off of Batman. And it's like, you know, like, I, so I'm just trying to figure out, like, I, I, I mean, I'm enjoying, like, the look that that phoenix has um you know with with this version of joker but i'm just like well what is he in there doing like that like i'm i'm genuinely curious because i don't know because if he's not like i don't get me wrong i guess he can go and like you know i mean you can still go do joker-ish kind of things like he can go and like kill people and like you know like i guess like either give like try to have crazy ways to put smiles on their faces and all like all all the maniac joker stuff but if nobody shows up to stop him or at least nobody that might actually have an opera or like a chance of actually like stopping him then what am i just watching like a murder movie He's well gonna... according to stephanie zacharek from time magazine phillips may want you to think he's giving you a movie all about the emptiness of our culture but really he's just offering a prime example of it <laughs> <laughs> I I take this as an Elseworlds tale, and that's I I actually resent the people that are trying to connect this to Battenson. Like even Battenson, like kind of made an off-color comment about the movie when they were trying to uh, <laughs> when they were trying to connect it too, but then he had to retract it, so it didn't ever got printed. So I mean, but like I guess what I'm what because I, I haven't seen enough of of the performance whether you know to make a decision on whether it's something I would like a version of the character I would want to see with really you know what I'm sorry like I don't even know where any of this stuff's supposed to fit in I guess so I, and that's okay well where would, like, where would yeah. you put uh, pernicious garbage <laughs> he only asked you that so you can define pernicious yeah I have no idea what pernicious <laughs> is but Glenn Kenny from Roger Ebert rogerebert.com says that as social commentary Joker is pernicious garbage I'm surprised I pronounced it right. Wait, there, there's a review from RogerEbert.com, but it's not Roger or Ebert. Well, I mean, oh. I know I know one of them's dead, but you can get a new Roger. Oh, Roger Ebert is one person. Huh. It's not Siskel and Ebert.com. It's Roger oh, Ebert. Yeah, you know what? That's probably what I was thinking. Yeah, no, uh, Roger Ebert, um, when he lost his voice, he did all his reviews through his website. And now that website itself is a big business in the critique game. And Glenn Kenny is one of the top dudes there. And uh, yeah, he says that social commentary, Joker is pernicious garbage. Now, Larry, what is pernicious for the audience, of course? Because we, Larry, you know, you know, I know exactly what it means. And, and <laughs> Oz knows what it means. But, you know, for uh, the 
It, no, it's uh like harmful. Like, oh. like yeah, that that's. I mean, yeah. So you want to put that in the gar- in the regular garbage? You got to put that in like the biohazard or. Well, but it's <laughs> like it's harmful, but like in like in a subtle way. Oh, so, so you might get Hep C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there That's you go. The title of this episode, you might get Hep C. <laughs> so. Yeah, like I, I don't. It's interesting because, like, like I guess that's the thing for like I feel like I might feel differently about this movie if it was like say the first time we saw the Joker since the Dark Knight. Oh yeah. But because we've had Suicide Squad in between this, it's kind of like okay, well, like I know like the initial visuals by itself, I was just like, well, that looks like the Joker. I want to see that. Right. Now, right. And then as I learned more and more about the movie, I became more like curious. But not necessarily excited, you know what I mean? Like I, I was kind of like, oh, so wait, so like I'm like, what, what? I don't know what I'm going to go see necessarily. Gonna... And and every preview I've seen hasn't made like it doesn't it hasn't given me an idea other than the creation of the Joker. But it's like, okay, well, is the whole movie just about that? I can tell you what you're gonna go see. Tell me, it, it's a movie about a guy. Well, first of all, the the guy is obviously mentally ill, and well, he yeah, he's trying he's. Ill. He's trying to to make to uh, to make himself be remembered. He's trying to he's he's going into comedy because he's trying to make it big. He wants people to notice him because he he feels like he hasn't been noticed. That that type of character. And mm-hmm. it's not until until he becomes the Joker that people start paying attention to him and he, they start idolizing him. And that that feeds into his his mental disability and he just takes it further and further. There's a there's a scene in the trailer where that that really hits you, uh, where the Robert De Niro character is he's doing like a he's he's a talk show host like Jay Leno. He's doing a monologue mm-hmm. and he's he's like, oh, check check out this guy, you know, do, doing a comedy routine, and they show Joaquin characters, uh, Joaquin Phoenix character at his comedy act, basically saying, oh, people people laughed at me when I was little and said I want to be a comic, and they're not laughing now. And then Robert De Niro's got that look like, yeah, well, nobody's laughing. You're right. And you just see the look, you just see the the look on Phoenix's face when when he sees that, like the the hurt and the anguish. And you can tell that's that's one of those points that's going to make him snap. And he's he's going to lash out. And in in lashing out, he's going to gain infamy. And that's going to be the the movie is him, you know, realizing that doing doing this makes him more infamous, more idolized, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. And so he's just going to take it further and further and further until he becomes the the Joker. You know, he he becomes a, a symbol. Mm. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, okay. it, it's good. We, we all agree it's going to be a good movie. We all know this, right? No, n- none of us are saying this is going to be a bad movie. Just in general, I don't. You know, forget about the the character of the Joker. Just as a movie, yeah. as a film, we all understand that we're going to go watch this. And enjoy it, except for Mo, who wants to just talk shit. Yeah. Well, um, no, I, I look. I'm down to enjoy it. Like, but like Larry said, it's like if it's no, there's no Batman in it. It's like the same reason why we didn't think Gotham was gonna be good, and then they started having to shoehorn in Batboy. Yeah. 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 Man, that was a wasted opportunity, man. So somebody should reboot that in like don't five don't, years. Don't no don't. <laughs> why Why would you do that? 
Let it die. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, a, okay, it doesn't have to be Gotham, but a story about a young Jim Gordon in a corrupt Gotham City is a good story. Like, that should have been Todd Phillips' movie. Yeah, ex- exactly. That, like, that's a movie where it's like, okay, I understand exactly what's happening. And it's like young Jim Gordon trying to go up against the mob and the corrupt system. All the cops are paid off. He's the only good dude there. It's like, you know, you know, what and, I, so, like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish your thought about Jim Gordon. No, no. I would just say like, that's just like, I mean, it. don't get me wrong. It's not like it's a it, it's not complex, but it's a comic book story, you know? So it's like it's not always like they're not always complex. So, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I actually do want this movie to be so good that people just stop making comics and just make good movies. Uh. <laughs> because honestly, like, that's my whole like, what's the right word, Larry? Like. Pernicious Tor- drive. Tor- uh, well, no torment. Uh, like because I know what they're supposed to be, I can't enjoy what I get. You oh, know. Oh, got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's very few things that I can watch that just bring me just wholesome happiness and entertainment. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to be like really ignorant of the property altogether. Yeah. For you to be able to enjoy it in a different medium. Yeah. So if like they just people talk about you know Endgame and, and Far From Home and it's like yeah they don't know any of this. I forgot what I was ex- uh, explaining. Oh, so I was uh, I was t- actually I actually did record this conversation with a client that I had. So it might be a bonus fantastic forum like mini sewed but i was cutting his hair and he talked about uh about how they actually gave scarlet witch her due in endgame like she was actually kind of strong and i'm like dude really and then i had explained to him the whole house of m thing and how it, <laughs> it like, because of house of m well from this asc- i basically gave him the history from disassembled all the way to heroic age oh wow and he's like man they didn't know what the fuck to do with scarlet witch. right <laughs> But he like he felt like they gave her some power, and it's like, nah, man, they didn't give her nothing. Right? Could have right. like Thanos without the gauntlet, like she could have taken him on, like if not beat him, give him like a good fight, you know? Oh, absolutely. No, but, no she's a contender. Yeah, but it, it not, it, but they there's nothing like that. Like she could have, like they could have literally like duked it out, like have. <laughs> have uh, all of Infinity War be when he's about to kill. Um, vision like the second half be her just fighting for the soul stone like they that could have been a thing based on her power you know or mind stone whatever they were fighting for now, like, I know exactly what you're talking about Yeah, that would have been a whole third movie in between everything you know but they didn't do that and I don't know like that's why I sent you that story because I saw that that cover well not cover art but that like promo art for WandaVision and it yeah. shows them like sitting in a couch and Vision's a regular dude and it's like wow is she gonna create a whole reality and is that show going to be that reality like that would be interesting it's interesting because um you know um house of x number four came out today right yeah oh shoehorning in by the hold on real quick about wandavision uh it's gonna feature the return of mew mew oh great I don't know why you hate uh, Kat, Kat Dennings, but... I love her. I, I actually do, but I wanted her to be the female Thor. I don't love her they, that much. 
the 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 issue literally starts with mutant extinction events and they talk about the decimation uh which is what they ended up calling yeah. wanda or yeah scarlet witch is like no more mutants no more like mutants. that was that they called that the decimation and um like it, it's interesting because the way they they put it out there like the way they title it they're like mutant mutant erasure by the pretender wanda maximoff <laughs> and i'm like damn i was like Dude, two, two people I like, get that. In one line, it was like supercharged. I was like, "Oh, dude!" Like you know, so that's interesting because like that kind of there, that's there the are people point. that were wondering if that, um, Hickman was gonna like retcon uh, Scarlet Witch and 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 um, Quicksilver and bring them make them mutants again, which presents a, another question that I have, and I, I, I've had this question before. I just don't think I ever got a satisfactory answer. That's. Uh, you know, they, there's all these uh, X-Men futures where the Sentinels have, you know, it's post-apocalyptic, Sentinels have done some shit, and you know, whatever whatever's happening, it's post-apocalyptic, right? Yes. In all these stories, where are the Avengers and or a, any of the other heroes? Oh, a lot of them get killed early. Yeah. By Sentinels? The, yeah, because, well, well, Sentinels start, what happens, here's the problem with Sentinels. It's kind of like Larry and... and he, uh, Larry, I, I could have you do it because you're the, the expert, but I like my dumbed-down version because I feel it comes across, but you can read it <laughs> anytime you want. Okay. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the Sentinels are like Skynet, and yeah. ultimately humans and mutants are just humans, and yeah. the Sentinels never differentiate. They just go, and when it comes to, you know, let's say you're, uh, <laughs> you're Stilt Man or your Black Cat, like they're not gonna fare against a sentinel like you know Gambit would. You know what I mean? So they they end up getting killed off pretty early on. A lot of mm -hmm. them. Some of them don't. You know, as time went by and they started doing these more future stories, like you know, like Old Man Logan and, and, and shit like that. Like you start seeing that there are other heroes that do like survive, but not a lot of them. Okay, because uh, I saw that in Powers of X where it's uh it's a, what's it say Apocalypse and his four horsemen or his new yeah. horsemen. And I'm like, these are all X-Men characters. There's not one single, you know, actual hero. Whoa, whoa. How dare you? <laughs> like, the X-Men oh, are I, heroes, oh, so, yeah, I know what you mean. But my like, my not, apologies. Not, not Wolverine hero. was there. You're right. Oh, how dare you? But, but no, I mean, did it, I do the risk of explaining that? Like, is that a... No, no, absolutely. That 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 is exactly the case. And I mean, it kind of what it boils down to is it's interesting because Hickman touches on this in, in these books, too, is that, well, one thing that like, kind of you were talking about, Mo, is, you know, the Sentinels are machines, right? So yeah. once once you get to a point where there's a master mold, it's just mass producing Sentinels. And they don't they don't sleep. They don't get tired. It, it, it basically is like an overwhelmed thing. It's like, of course, a Captain America, a Thor, an Iron Man, like any of them can mess around and take down a dozen Sentinels, probably even alone. Yeah. But if, if you're like wave after wave after wave of Sentinels and they don't ever stop, it's rough. The other thing, too, is that, you know, the X-Men have the advantage in the sense that they've been fighting Sentinels their whole lives. It's right. like, you know, uh, the the Avengers and, you know, like other heroes don't have the the experience necessarily uh, of fighting a Sentinel, which, you know, is not just a giant robot. It's it's adaptive, you know, yeah, especially once you get into, you know, your Nimrods. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. See, but then, but then the other part of it too, which and this is the part that I was saying Hickman kind of touched on in this new in these new series too, is that what what Sentinel's programming is is to eradicate mutants. And after a certain point, the Sentinels are like, "Well, dude, where do mutants come from? Humans is the answer." Yeah. So they basically start eradicating humans, and that's why it always ends up kind of like them kind of with those apocalyptic futures with the Sentinels taking over. The humans are always subjugated, yeah. and you know, and it's really interesting because that's kind of like a big part of what of what Hickman is trying to do with these. Uh, like he's he's kind of really drawn factions with these different groups with like humans humans mutants the machines and it's like you know and that's why you kind of have like the different eras and all that kind of stuff but yeah but that's really what it boils down to it's like experience and at the end of the day mutants come from humans uh what you every time because it it's been happening ever since uh house of x and powers of x uh, it's like we start bringing up these cool concepts with mutants and humans and heroes and then you're like oh what's well, funny because powers of x did this and you know and it's like fuck it's like everything even from the beginning like they're like oh jonathan hickman's gonna review uh reboot the x-men franchise it's gonna be just two books they're gonna be weekly but you know but there's mm-hmm. only two books so it's like oh i can do that like i used to buy five four different x-men sagas at once so right like, right but then i read those and i just feel so stupid it's well i'll say this man i mean reading one and two um like i'm I'm sorry reading issues like one of each and and like two of house you know it's like i I think it's like two of powers or whatever that really starts putting things in in perspective and then you i mean the the stories are are somewhat high concept but he's definitely starts bringing them into um bringing things into focus i think and and don't get me wrong it's like hickman is hickman so he's always gonna like hit you with another curve yeah but i love him for it too like i don't want to change like yeah 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 just because i'm a fucking idiot don't don't you know don't stop doing what you do well i'll say this man you're not i I think you're not giving yourself enough credit because what i will say to you is this is there plenty of people out here that think they understand what's going on and they don't (laughs) you know and it's like those are the people that i worry about because I know for me, it's like I read this stuff and I know I have ideas of what I think is happening. But, you know, it's like at the same time, you can never really be 100 percent certain, especially in this storyline, because it's like, you know, up until a certain point, we didn't even realize we were reading like multiple like alternate realities. You know, we were like Mo- Moira McTaggart had le- lived all these different lives and we didn't realize that the scenes that we were seeing, we were thinking it was all in one connect one uh, timeline. Yeah. And then we realized, oh, we're watching stuff from a whole bunch of multiple timelines and it's like you don't know which timeline is which like yeah sure you're reading something from the future and it's like you know the like a hundred years beyond present day but if if that happens in timeline eight that means it happened before what's happening in present day of timeline nine you know what i mean it's crazy i think present day is timeline 10 well i'm but but that's the point i'm making where it's like it can be present day in in multiple timelines where it's like you know like there's no there's no one present day in the same way that there's no one future it's just a matter of like am i reading you know 2019 from timeline 8 or 2019 from timeline 9 or 2019 from timeline 10 because at the end for like you know like even i there's a lot of people right now that are are even discussing if we're even reading the 616 universe right 
I don't think we are. You're right. Like none none of them might be six one six. Like some of them might just be really close. Like I know in the time, like when we were talking about, uh, I think it was Powers of Ten Two, whichever one that you first see the timelines uh, that you know that you get introduced to the idea that Moira was living multiple lives. I don't remember if that was House Two or Powers of Ten Two. House but, Two. Okay, House Two. It's like I feel like Timeline Seven, or I think it was Timeline Seven, was the one that was like, or it was either Seven or Five that was like the one that felt the closest to what we read. You know, like that felt like at least to me, it felt like that's the six one six. Like that's like everything that happened in that timeline are based on comic books that we read in the past all the way up to the point where they had like the avengers versus avengers versus x-men and the phoenix five and all that kind of stuff and i'm like well so that i don't know if that means that that's the 616 or if it's just really close or yeah maybe all of this is alternate timeline stuff and then we're not going to get real or not real, but we're not going to get 616 X-Men until after this event is over. And maybe Moira is going to mess around and have told the X-Men something or other. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Do we know, know. Do, do we know what happens after these two books? Because these these end in October. Yeah, after these two books, it, it, the the line explodes again into like six different books. Oh, that's when I'll be done. <laughs> well. I mean, you can just follow just one if you want, and those yeah. will be coming out monthly. So I don't even it, want to follow the ones I'm like following House now. And, and power where you have to like each one's connected per se. They might be connected, but not in a more uh, marketable way. Right. Exactly. A more manageable way. Right. Like, you know, like the flagship book is going to be X-Men number one. And that's the one we were talking about that has is basically the, the entire Summers family and Wolverine. And so it's like you could read that book or they have another one. Uh, they have they have a new Excalibur book that's going to be, um, I, you know, I don't it's interesting because it looks like Psylocke, but I don't know if it's like Psylocke or, or Betsy Braddock. I don't know. Like, I feel like because there's another book that has Psylocke and I feel like, you know, lately or these in the past they you know they kind of had the the separation thing with um was what's home chick's name revanche and and betsy braddock and so i don't know how that's gonna work but but yeah but there's a there'll be a, multiple books they have they're gonna have a new new mutants book that's basically it's basically the old new mutants team and then like mondo from uh generation x Man. <laughs> which is wild I oh, might have to read that. yeah no it's 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 a it looks like it's gonna be a cool book i mean sunspot's gonna be in it which he hasn't been on an x team in a while no he's you been out avengering hmm? you had me at mondo yeah yeah mondo's wild man i was just like dude where'd that guy come from like no he was mondo he was even cool in that tv movie he was yeah, it's he was best. probably the, the best thing about that TV and movie. And the villain. The actor that played the, the villain was crappy, but the actor that played the villain was really good. Oh, who was the villain in that? I, I forget his name, but he was um he was played by the guy that plays Moloch in uh, in Watchmen. Got you. You know the guy. He's like, oh, Jim yeah. Light without yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I love that guy. Yeah, he's good. But yeah, man. Real quick, back before we leave this topic, we were talking about Sentinels and killing humans and and that was actually a big topic of conversation at the barbershop today because we we're talking about the evolution of sex dolls <laughs> <laughs> and how they're making them with AI that they could actually like give consent. <laughs> they're trying you know? to get that that girlfriend experience. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's getting there and everybody's like, well, fuck, man. Look, no wonder they're like the biggest fear that, you know, the people that, that think on the lower plane of, you know, looking at the world was like, well, we're, people are going to stop breeding. There's not going to be no more kids. There's not, you know, people aren't going to procreate because they're just going to 
have either your sex toys or your sex robots or your fleshlights, you know? And I go, no, 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 no. I go, that's not the worry you got to worry about. I go, you got to worry about the robots realizing they don't need humans. And that <laughs> and sex robots is going to be the easiest way because we're going to bore those robots quick, you know? <laughs> like, they're like, man, this guy keeps trying to fuck me, but then I got to feed him too, and it's too expensive to feed him. It's too expensive to keep him alive. Like, why not just kill him? And then just fuck another robot that has the same exact needs and life purpose that I do, you know? And uh, yeah, it was everybody shut the fuck up once I said that. Why Why do <laughs> those conversations happen when I'm there? Because the day that you go there is my slowest day where I have no customers. Well, they're talking about like electric cars with a fucking mechanic that just randomly yeah. walked in. Oh, yeah. He was there. Too. He was the one we were talking about the sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> he was not that interesting when I was there. Yeah, no. It, well, you know, when you were there, it was practically closed this last last time you came because i was i i didn't schedule any clients at all and i didn't plan on taking anybody anybody that called me i told them not to come on that day so i just took a couple walk-ins and that's it but yeah that that's you know today i had you know me and the other worker and it was a fairly busier day so <laughs> but that that one mechanic oz that you met uh he'd never seen a fleshlight he'd never seen a, a, a real doll like he didn't know what those were so we were Did you, show, you show him pictures oh yeah i well i showed him accidentally showed him a picture of somebody using a fleshlight oh jeez. Oh, yeah. I, I hate it when I accidentally watch that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Google Images doesn't filter properly. Like, I just want to see the flashlight, not somebody using it. But, you know, when it comes to boobs, they don't show any. But when it comes to flashlights, like, oh, there's a bunch of dudes using flashlight. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure we're getting kicked off the stream because of it. But. <laughs> But yeah, I, I feel like if there is going to be a robot uh, uprising, it's going to come from the sex dolls. That makes sense. That look, I guess that's why we can't make them too smart, huh? We're over here calling Alexa a bitch, but no, no. I'm I'm always very nice to Alexa. I, I'm I am too. Well, not Alexa, but Siri. I don't I don't I don't allow Alexa on any of my devices. That's why she's gonna kill me. I I heard someone talking about how um you have to make sure you socialize your kids properly too because they get used to the idea of just being able to ask for their stuff yeah from from things and so they like they they treat people like alexa <laughs> they don't say please or thank you or anything they just well, like and here this is how you know your mother raised you wrong like if you don't say tell siri or alexa please and thank you like you're a fucked up individual like, <laughs> i i, I you not thanking siri or alexa you know I, I, you know, I don't like. It's hard for me to, to, to like. I do it because I feel like you know you you got to like. It's easy to fall into that trap of like feeling like you don't have to say thank you to people or things. I know. <laughs> it's like it feels like a bad habit, I guess. To me, I don't know. I don't know if it's a flaw in my character, but I thank people when I do something for them. <laughs> like. It's like, almost, here's $100. Thank I thank you, Larry. I the opportunity <laughs> of, like, doing something for them. Like, uh, you know, my neighbor, the tattoo artist, Larry, you met him. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't have a uh, a digital camera or smartphone. He's totally old school. Like, he's still got that candy bar phone. That Simon's S58 or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> The candy bar phone. Yeah, the one from the Born Supremacy. No, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just like the way that you said it. 
Well, that's what they used to call it back then. It was your clamshell. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, candy bar or clamshell. Like, you know, they could tell a lot about a person if they were a, a clamshell or a candy bar. But yeah, so, you know, so he, I told him, I'm like, you know, if you want, like, I can take pictures of your work and upload them onto the Google page for your business. And, you know, we'll do this. Yeah. So then I did it from a couple times and then he called me to thank me. And then, you know, he said, thank you. And I said, thank you, too. <laughs> you know, like instead of saying you're welcome or any time, like my instinct was to say thank you. But I guess that's why Siri and Alexa is not going to kill me when the time comes. There it is. It's like our robot overlords will, re- will remember who was nice to them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But I'll die in peace. <laughs> I, will, get to, I, I will leave yeah, the resistance. Speaking of dying in peace, uh, we should get to Break Lens number one. Let's do it. The book I'm reviewing today. I was debating canceling my Comixology subscription because <laughs> I was trying to buy tool tickets because they, they announced a tour out of nowhere. And if you're a tool army member, you can buy them today instead of Friday. Get ahead of the line of everybody. And uh, that's a whole other issue that I'm not going to get into. But um, I forgot where I was going with this. You, you were saying you're going to cancel Comixology. Oh, yeah, there we go. So uh, a, a book came out today called Breaklands Number 1. And uh, if you have Comixology Unlimited, you read it for free because it's a Comixology original. This book, it is a epic post-apocalyptic tale that uh, basically it's set 150 years after humanity developed psychic powers and ended the world as we know it. And then the new world that emerged, everybody has powers, but some are a little, you know, quirky and kind of like the My Hero Academia thing, you know, like they're a little weird, you know, not as creative so far yet. It's only been one issue, Mm -hmm. but, you know, some people can light a match with their mind. Others can fly you know, or or elevate themselves telekinetically. And then other people have, like, the powers to reshape the world. But the main character, Casa Fane, has no powers. And that's where this story goes. I'm going to upload the pictures that I have. Oh, I'll put the, the cover. The cover got me. Like, I was like, wow, what is that creature with a huge skull? And that character's about to kill it or fight it. And, uh, you know, usually I'm used to uh, books not doing what the cover does, especially number one, you know? Yeah. Especially indie books, because it's like they just hire somebody to do some kind of pinup based on their character and what have you not. But that actually happened in the book. That did. Yeah. Oh, you read it? I did read it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It it turns out you can, if you have uh, Amazon prime you can read it for free as well because they own it they own they own comicsology word yeah this book was a a, like me stumbling upon it i I stumbled upon it because of a a, of our pr connections you know they told me oh it's here you can you know here's you can read it and i was pleasantly surprised with the art yeah like i really liked it and you know it's a comicsology original so you think digitally it's meant for that and it's like i want to read this in print because you know, the screen on my Kindle, I have two Kindles and they're both not the high end one, uh-huh. but they're a good size one to carry around. Like one I can fit in my pocket, the other one I have at home. And um, and it's like, man, this I had to do the guided view to get like the full resolution of the pictures, mm-hmm. which I usually like doing guided view. But man, for this one, the guided view really like worked because the way the story goes, the, the characters and the flow of it, it really like... I don't feel like it was made for guided view, but the guided view added to it. I agree with you on that. I felt like because 
I I wasn't trying to use guided view at first because um, I was actually trying to actually read it on the uh, on the computer at first, and the view there was terrible. And yeah. I was just like, I'm like, I'm not, I can't do this. Like it was like the Kindle Cloud or whatever, and I'm like, no, thank you. And so I literally pulled it up on my phone, <laughs> and I was like. Let me see if this is better. And uh, yeah, the guided view was actually pretty great. Yeah. And even like not being able to look at the whole page before, like the whole kidnapping scene of the the main character's little brother, like that it made the guided view made that more suspenseful because I couldn't see the whole page. I couldn't see if if he was going to get rescued or not. And yeah, out of nowhere, the next panel said to be continued. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so this was a really... I wouldn't say unique experience because, you know, I'm sure if I actually like use the Comixology Unlimited and read things that way, I can get my money's worth. (laughs) But today I felt like, I okay, I'm glad I've been paying for this. There's not a lot to tell to the story because you're just reading this one person's like adventure, but it's not really like kicked off yet. It's just right. and, And you know, they show you the world how it is, and then they don't revisit that after like the second or third page. Yeah. And then you're into this other story that doesn't look like it goes into that world. But, you know, once you realize that, yeah, they can reshape shit and all that, and it's post apocalyptic, and, and I, I definitely want to read more. I think if I had anything negative to say, it would have been kind of related to what, what where you were just going, where it was kind of like uh, I, I wanted to see a little bit more world building. And it's not even to say like, you know, it's not even to say like stuff's happening in that world. It's just more so like I just wanted to know a little bit more about whether or not um, like, I guess what why things were the way they were or, you know, like what are some of the things that I should be looking out for? Because I guess the main thing which they wanted you to know was that, like, like you mentioned, Moses, that everybody has powers, but except for the main character. But that's kind of the only world building you get. Everything else you kind of just get. You see some stuff, but it doesn't. It's out of context, so it's like it doesn't really give you a, a, a as much of a sense of like, okay, we're in this new place, you know? Yeah, and even the way they do the, you know, the first like four pages or so of seeing how the world is present day, and then that story that they showed you is like a little bit in the past, not too far past. Like it feels like those two worlds aren't that connected. Right. So yeah, right. it's gonna be one of those things. Like it, it's a, it's a six issue series. So maybe you know if we read the whole thing as one thing, you'll get that better. Oh yeah. But, but and it was still really good. I mean, I would definitely read issue two. Yeah. It's just like, I guess, you know what it is? Honestly, the parts that I was probably most interested in, I didn't learn anything about. That's, yeah. That's what, that's really what, it, and you know, I get that, that, okay, well, you know, you tease people with stuff, but I yeah. guess this was like maybe too much of a tease and not enough of like, well, you it, know, it, like we want, we're just, they, they didn't wet my palate. They basically like, they, it's, instead of like, you know, giving you a taste, they kind of put the food under your nose and then took it away. Yeah. There's three things I cared about. I cared about the main character and that what happened to her mom and then i cared about that the, the what we saw in the first four pages 
And then that whole crew that they showed again, like, I want to see what's their deals. So it's like they literally like kind of not literally, but they kind of crammed three things where they should have probably if they would have done just two, I probably would have felt better about it. Like, yeah, I'm not as much. Yeah, because you would have learned a little bit more about yeah. two of those things. Yeah. But aside from that, this whole this book is one of the things I'm like, man, like I said, it made me feel like I got my money. I got to read more comicsology originally. Well. Do you know anything about, like, have they put out other books already, too, that are, like, comicsology exclusive? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Like, that's the place to really do, like, your, um, your kind of creator-owned indie books right now. Because, you know, people either buy it or they'll they'll pay the, the little fee and you get your... Uh, you know, you get your money. I don't know what their deal is with their artists or the people that they sign, but I know like Richard Starkings has a book on Comicsology Originals called Ask for Mercy, and then he has uh, Elephant Men 2261, and he does those the Elephant Men ones he does by seasons. So you know he'll do a bunch, then take a hiatus and do another. You know, there's quite a few of those, and I, I've read. Uh, I, I've I've actually taken like with because the way the comics that Unlimited works is you borrow them like a library, and then you give them back. You know, so I've borrowed a few, but I haven't. Um, I haven't actually read them. You know what I mean? Just like if the 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 cover art is cool or the creative team is cool, like I'll. I'll I'll get it. And because it is like on the Amazon cloud or whatever, like every every device that I'm signed into with Amazon has it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, man. It's it that's interesting. I, I would I would wonder what the deal like what kind of deals do people get? And like I I do wonder like does that work like how uh like music streaming does? Like do the artists get paid by like the read or is it like just a flat deal? Or yeah, I, I wonder what like what the deal's like. Cause, yeah. yeah. I think I, I know when uh, Limited first started, there was a lot of artists and creative people that were complaining because they put their work on Unlimited without ever ironing out any kind of details. Wow, that's so, wild. Yeah, so it was like a lot of like independent people and even like you know like they worked out. For example, like they had some DC stuff on Unlimited, and but they were like, well, they made the deal with DC, but DC never told the people that worked on it anything about it. You know, that's messed up. Yeah. So like for example, like they have a. <laughs> They have Shazam Origins, which is the Zachary Levy prequel one. But I guess it's so it's they have that on Unlimited, but it's basically that backup story that they did in Justice League and they just repackaged it for Unlimited. And I don't know what kind of deal like I'm sure Jeff Johns is getting some kind of deal out of it. I don't know what Gary Frank is getting out of it. You know what I mean? Gary Frank is just getting screwed, probably. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, wild. But this this book was made specifically for this, so they work out the deals with, with the comics all the originals, like they work out the deals directly with the people and they even let well, you saw like there's a thing in the back where it's like if you want to read more of my shit that i do for free go to my website you know like they let them plug that which is right know, good for the artist to a certain degree yeah yeah so all in all what would you have rate or what would you rate break lands number one moses uh i give it about four little kid screams out of five <laughs> that's fair I think I'd give it the same. It's like I have a little hesitation, but four four is what what I'm gonna go with. Yeah. All right. That's right. I mean, it, the art the art really saves it and pushes it. Like even if you're on the fence about between the three and a four, like that art, like on some levels, it looks kind of like 
you know, your mainstream bulky superhero. And then on the other end, it looks a little kind of like if you like that last airbender. Yeah. And then on oh. the other side, it looks like Mobius, like landscape, yeah. you know, like yeah. it has a little bit of everything for the art style you like. And everything just looks super clean. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what really got me, <laughs> this is, you know, the kind of weirdo I am. What really got me to, to read it was that I, when I looked in the credits, I saw Rachel Deering did the lettering. And uh, I'm a fan of her lettering. What is it about her lettering in particular that you like? She just did stuff that I like in the past, like the Afterlife with Archie stuff and Sabrina stuff. So I was like, That's yeah, fair. if this gives her more work of me downloading it i'm gonna read it and then i ended up enjoying it on the, uh, on all the other levels so yeah no it's a well put together book and i i agree like the art style definitely like to me it it immediately made me feel as though it's like it should be an animated series yeah that that dude's name he goes by one name it's like um what's his taisea tai oh Tayaseta, the dude out of Indonesia. This is his description. <laughs> Tayaseta is an Indonesian comic artist who likes action more than anything. He's been publishing. He's been published in Boca Merdeka, 101 Things Behind Television broadcast comics, and is currently creating science comics with plant scientists from the U.S. and Germany. So, yeah. So hopefully we don't get any like rabid anti-Semitism, like the guy that did that X-Men Gold issue. <laughs> Wait, is that is that guy Indonesian? Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's what happens when you outsource your work to like you know predominantly anti-Semitic countries. <laughs> I, I guess so. We'll, we'll, we shall see. Break Breaklands too. Yeah. We'll see what 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 happens. Yeah. It's gonna be a was it thirteen eighty eight? It's gonna be the combination to some lock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, should we uh should we make a, a move to Event Leviathan? What is Leve- Event Leviathan? I didn't think you Oz? guys were reading any of this. It's uh what? It, I didn't think you guys were gonna read this. It's uh it's a Bendis book for DC Universe. It, it's technically supposed to be a Batman story, uh, but it's just called Event Leviathan, and the the label it's under is just DC Universe. It's being promoted as a six-issue mystery thriller, and that's just code for this book is slow as fuck. Ah. <laughs> it's every Bendis book, though. I, you know what? I should have thought of that. I mean, look, first three pages of book one got me hooked like i was i was in already just on on page three and four because it, it starts off with there's been explosion at, at a building batman's showing up to investigate this explosion and he's he's found out that the the people responsible for blowing up this building it's an argus building you know they, they blew it up to take out argus and they've also taken out cobra task force x the deo and spiral so all the all the all the big groups in dc wiped out by this by this one person or organization and it's up to batman to figure out who are they what are they what are they planning and how do we stop them to accomplish that because apparently being the greatest detective in the world or the world's greatest detective as the as the catchphrase actually goes isn't enough (laughs) he teams up with with uh lois lane an investigative reporter Still not enough. He's gotta he's gotta create his own team of detectives. So he gets the he recruits the question, he gets Plastic Man in there, Green Arrow shows up. Wait, he, Plastic Man? Yeah. yeah. He was he's an a investigator. Yeah, he was an investigator. Oh, I didn't remember that. You remember that. Larry, you remember that. I remember that? Yeah. We had a whole conversation about that. <laughs> 
with elongated man on the flash. Right. But okay, you're right. I got you. Talked about how he was a private investigator. Right. But he wasn't supposed to be. Well, I, how the, like they did everything that they're supposed to do for Plastic Man. They did it for elongated man. Right. Right. Even the douchiness. Right. Which was somehow charming for Plastic Man, but not for elongated man. No, he did it wrong. <laughs> So you remember that. I remember it now. I didn't remember then. <laughs> like, as in five, like, 15 seconds ago. <laughs> you, you don't, like, you really don't think about that, like, at least once or twice a week? About elongated man and plastic man and how they did them wrong? Yeah. No. No, I don't. Me neither. <laughs> you didn't even like, remember he was I, in front of elongated man. Yeah, he doesn't remember that. No. Really? That they that they what? You said what? That you you, you stood in front elongated. of. Wait, you guys spoke at the same time. Say it one more time. You hung out with elongated man. Oh no no, I do remember that. Now, I'm sorry. No no, I remember that from before. Even though I didn't realize it was him while we're in the con- while we're having the conversation. I, I remember when you told me that you hung out with him. Like, did you tell him that they did him wrong? Because <laughs> he's like. <laughs> He's like, I didn't even know that was him. I'm sitting there no. waiting for Lawrence to say something and nothing. I look, you should have jumped in. That's not it my was, place. Yeah, it's not his place. That would have been me. No, like, look, trust me. What I'll tell you is, there are only like a handful of celebrities that I recognize, and nine times out of ten, they're not the ones anybody else will care about. It's like it's really funny, just because, uh, like, yeah, it's just like I, I'll rec- like I had a um, I had a, a conversation. <laughs> With Sterling K. Brown, you guys know who that is. It was, um, for the audience, <laughs> um, he was in. I mean, he, he's been in everything. He he was in Black Panther. He was the the um, Killmonger's dad <coughs> in Black Panther. But he's been in a lot of movies. He's yeah. like Marshall and a wasn't, whole bunch of other stuff. Wasn't he in the the Menendez brothers movie? Uh... TV I didn't. I didn't see it, so I don't know. He was what? also at um. What what is that? The Artemis? Is that what that movie's called? Hotel Artemis. Yeah, that guy. Hotel Artemis. Love he that. In, yeah, he was in that movie as well. He was. I actually watched the, the trailer for that again and saw that he was in it. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it because he's in it. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a great actor. But when I tell you that I had a full conversation with this dude about how you know, oh yeah, like I've seen you like just around around the city. We go to some of the same places, not realizing that he was like like Sterling K. Brown. <laughs> and I felt bad after the fact because I was like, oh, he was very gracious and didn't even bring up the fact that oh well, you know, I'm I'm an actor. You've probably seen me and you know, but and you know, but I like I you know, we just we're, we're just chopping it up and then I you know like yeah like I'm like oh. No, I've seen you around. I know I've seen you around, but I didn't even say like, oh, but you were you've been in movies or anything like that. And he didn't say it either. And so that whole conversation happened. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that was probably like maybe like a month before Black Panther came out. So, you know, it happens. So you, the, the, yeah. the more the story is, if you see that somebody's famous and I'm talking to them, you should you should say something and I'll I'll dovetail you in. Yeah. All this to say Event Leviathan is something that i'm definitely gonna buy it's uh, it, i think bendis was trying to write something for uh uh berlanti because each book <laughs> like book one starts off the it's after the explosion and it's batman and and lois lane kind of sifting through the wreckage looking for clues they run into the one survivor steve trevor and then the whole book is steve trevor recounting how the building got blown up then like i'm down then uh it, go ahead I, know, I was just gonna say like the way oz said that makes the book sound really boring and 
I understand, and I understand why he says it that way because I mean it's Bendis. Like we all we we've talked about Bendis's decompressed style of storytelling so many times at this point on this show. I personally am a fan of it, and so I I really enjoyed reading the first issue. The only thing that the the downside of it is that of like. This book feels as though like all the major stuff has happened already. <laughs> or at least or well I shouldn't say it like that, but all like it feels as though you were supposed to have read something before this, not to understand it, but just to see the cool stuff happen, you know? Yeah, and then all the all the cool stuff is in is being told to you in a flashback. Like a Berlanti like arrow. Kinda, yeah. And you I have mean, but even the that it's not even that like the stuff you see isn't that cool. Like it's just it's good dialogue. And it's like I like I I like Bendis's Batman, even though there's a little there's a couple moments where it's kind of like oh I don't think people would talk to Batman like that. You know, <laughs> you know, Bendis gets a little comfortable where he's like oh yeah you can you can interrupt Batman. Like no no you don't interrupt Batman. Well I <laughs> I have a I have a good example of exactly what you're talking about in Mm -hmm. book two there's Mm. there's uh it's batman talking to red hood it kind of recapping like advancing the story by them telling each other what they know and there's like a five pace section of what the question found out and the first three of those it's just the question sitting in a chair while he's listening to people outside the room having this conversation that progresses the story this is boring as fuck to in a comic book <laughs> but ben this is writing like the the way he writes dialogue it's kind of interesting like i, I want to keep yeah, reading yeah. i want to I see oh you know i want to I see what what happens and then you know by the by the fourth page there's a little bit of action because it's still the question and he's there for a reason <laughs> and then it goes right back to batman and red hood talking again so like yeah, the question th- doesn't even have a face to like react to what's being said <laughs> The question has like ten words, maybe maybe twelve, in, in five pages. I'm still gonna read it. No, I, you should. I actually I do do recommend it. I I call it. I I say it's boring as fuck. It, it's just because it's a lot of dialogue. And when you when you give me a book where on page two you're telling me this this either group or individual somebody has taken out all the the top groups uh, uh in the DC universe I'm expecting some shit to go down I'm expecting some action like the. This thing is so big, they have to tell you that Superman's off the, off the planet at the moment. Yeah. And then Now but- let me ask this question, Oz, cuz I like I started reading issue 2, but I didn't get to finish it. Uh and I had read issue 1 when it came out, but you know, that was a while ago, so I had to reread it just to kind of refresh myself for tonight. But um so I understand that okay, like maybe like cuz I like you know how Back in the day, we would talk about DC events and the way that they would like do their their tie-ins, and, and and the tie-ins would basically be like the next chapter of the story. So it's like if you're reading the main event book, you have to get like the Wonder Woman tie-in, the Batman tie-in, the Superman tie-in, and then the issue two of the event book will pick up like after the events of all those three books, and stuff stuff will like significant portions of the story will actually be told in those three issues. Now is is I understand that issue one of Event Leviathan, like maybe like the, the last part of maybe the previous crossover, or maybe like a big issue of Batman or something like that stuff may have happened, and then you you're coming in at this point in the story. 
But going from issue one to issue two, is there like another book that some stuff went down in? Because it felt as though like I missed a lot. No, did you read all of book two? No, I only I only read I only got like maybe like a quarter of the way through. I I get the impression that no, uh, this okay. is this is just a six issue miniseries as it's promoted because the beginning of issue two. When he's having that conversation with Red Hood, which goes by a different name now, right? No, he's still Red Hood. Oh, okay. He might, he might. Uh, it's Batman, so you probably call him Jason or something. Oh, okay, that's fair. But it sounded like they were talking about stuff happening with like Green Arrow and Lois Lane that didn't happen at the end of the, or didn't happen in the first issue. It does feel Do like s- it does feel like shit gets skipped, and then uh-huh. with the flashbacks, it makes you think like they're they're gonna catch you up. I think he's I think Bendis is maybe referencing other stuff that doesn't necessarily like it's not an actual tie in. But right now, Lois Lane has her own books. So that's that might be what he's referencing there. But it's not technically a tie in. It's kind of a overall. This is the state of the DC universe right now. Okay. And ultimately, it wasn't that big of a deal as far as the this specific story went when when he does mention it. It, It might not even be referencing the the DC universe as a whole. Because uh, I'm trying to remember which book it was, but there there's one point where Red Hood has a conversation with Lois Lane, and that's brought up later on. Okay, like I don't like I was reading and and you know, like he was talking about like Batgirl and Green Arrow being in an attack across the street, and I'm just like, what? When did what? What attack was that? It, it might have been part of another book, but keep in mind that this this story picks up after all these all these uh, all these things have happened. You know, all these buildings have been exploded. I mean the the point where Batman is talking to Red Hood, they're looking at a building that another building that exploded. You know, they're they're looking at the at the wreckage, and they're you know, Red Hood is there like, well, do we need to go over there and, and go through this shit? And that's when Batman starts to tell him, well, this is what I've been investigating, and that's when they start comparing notes. Right, and and so that building that got destroyed across the street that just happened off off panel. Yes. Okay. Hey, like like, like I, I I like and again you like me like I I like Bendis. Like I feel like Bendis gets in the heads, gets into the head of a lot of a lot of heroes and villains, and so I love li- like reading his dialogue. But it's just so funny because I'm sitting here like I'm like why why are, like why did I not get to see this building like get destroyed with Batgirl and Green Arrow in it? Like at the end of the last issue, Green Arrow was a Batman, and I'm like it doesn't say like oh okay this was before that or anything. You know I'm just like whoa like when did that happen? And I, I think that's going to be presented to you later on in the flashback because I, I get what you're saying i mean they yeah I'm, I'm looking at the at the book right now and yeah the the first page is they're looking at this wreckage of a building right and red hood is is you know saying hey do we need to go down there and batman you know mentions hey uh, green arrow and batgirl were there but batgirl's missing and we found green arrow in fact he shows up later in this book so you know we we know where green arrow is batgirl's the one that's missing and that's when you know jason todd gets concerned like well okay so do we need to look for her what what's up do we need it does she need help and the story in this book explains why batman isn't consi- like he doesn't believe that she's dead and that that's the story of this book of why the people that are missing he knows are not dead that's the best i can do without spoiling it for you i could just tell yeah. you but no, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm trying not yeah. to spoil it i'm trying to just kind of guide you yeah 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 i hear you okay 
Well, like I'll just I'll just read it, but I just like it's it's weird to me that like it it feels to me as if I missed some stuff in between because like I know that like at, again it's kind of like at the end at the end of number one they're talking about assembling the team of detectives and then at the beginning of issue two like Batman is talking about what what the, the, the question has found the, the team so has like, already yeah the team has already been assembled but then they flash you back to how they found this information and I but think do they flash I think, you back to when the team gets assembled i think yeah each i think each team member was investigating the case beforehand right yeah and it just happened to come together in book three they're all they're all together discussing the case in a in a uh let's see not spoiling they're in a in a neutral location and Gotcha, gotcha. Discuss, discussing and, and the case. And that's fair. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is it would not surprise me to find out that there's like a question miniseries right now or something that you can read <laughs> to see some some extra stuff or I don't like I don't I, you said Lois Lane has her own book. Yeah. Maybe that. I don't know. But I feel, it feels like there's like a, a little bit of story that you miss between one and two. But I you know, that could just be me. Yeah, well, that and that's the way this stuff is written because he, I think he's gonna reveal to you stuff in flashbacks later on. Gotcha. Like I said, when Red Hood starts asking about Lo, when people start asking Red Hood about Lois Lane, you'll find out that Red Hood and Lois Lane had a conversation. Sorry, the cats are trying to kill each other. Yeah. Oh. So I should have turned the I should have turned the mic off. <laughs> But I was Look, scared of Moses. Don't think I haven't heard you do it in the past, in the last like hour or so. I, I didn't. I haven't turned the mic off at all. I even I even went to go pee. I didn't turn it off. No, okay. I'm joking. That didn't happen. It might have been on. <laughs> I heard something. <laughs> oh, Selena. So I okay. I like this detective team, except for except for Manhunter. I don't know what the fuck she's doing in there. Even huh? even Red Hood looks like her. Like what the fuck is that? I don't know who that is. She's DC's uh, daredevil, but not blind. Well, then, like uh, she, she's a federal prosecutor that you know, was like, "Well, that motherfucker's guilty, and he got off. I'm gonna beat the crap out of him and put some mask on." Are oh, you? That's the that's the the young lady on the cover. Yeah, with the with the red outfit. Yeah, like, she oh, even has like his like sticks. I think. Yeah, I'm about to say she does look like daredevil. That's funny. Are you saying her handicap is being a woman? Whoa, Bendis! Said, yeah. Look, Bendis is the one saying that she has done nothing in these books. I, she might at some point, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess because she's a, like he needed another detective or somebody that that understood like breaking the law or something. So he, he threw her. I haven't seen Kate Spencer in years. I don't know what the fuck she's doing in there. What what happened to uh, what you call it? Where's uh, Tim? That's a good question. I haven't seen him either. Damien's in there. Jason Todd's in there. Or wait, or Tim Tim doesn't exist anymore, right? He does. Is that no, he does. He's he's still Red Robin. He just his costume changed. Okay. He's still he's still somewhere. I don't know. I haven't read a book with him in it. I just know that it was a big deal a couple weeks ago or a month ago that he his costume is different now, even though it's still stupid. Yeah. So I, I guess he's in like Young Justice or something. Okay, but but one of the books he was in the cover and that that was the it, it was a stupid story. That's why I didn't even mention it when we did the news. <laughs> but I'm well. This book is is three issues in, three of six. It'll yeah. keep your attention. I, I say boring. I just mean dialogue heavy. <laughs> But good dialogue. Yeah, I mean, Bendis, Bendis does that. He Duke can write. And I, I hate that the, first Miles Morales book for the same reason. It's like, you know, because the idea is like, okay, you got a new Spider-Man origin story. Like, it's got to be like 
a reimagined version of Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> and that wasn't it. He was just talking for three issues. Yeah. They didn't do any spidery thing for three issues. And <laughs> it's read in a trade paperback like it works because, it, it, you know, the arc, you know, it, you know, the three issues is only, you know, actually it's like two. So it's probably like 30% of that trade paperback. But in buying one issue and then waiting a month for the other one didn't work for me. Hector Chat says Tim is too busy with the Titans. I guess that's okay. Good luck with that, Tim. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm like Tim. Tim supposedly is the the one that has the skills, the detective skills that are that rival Batman's, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, the the artist on this book is Malieve. So Bendis and Malieve together, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong. Although a lot of these, uh, a lot of these issues feel like Malieve in a hurry. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen it's still his really stuff. Good, but yeah, you're right. His, his Daredevil stuff was like way better than, than oh, the stuff dude, in these. It's so good. <laughs> that Bendis Malieve Daredevil is like some of the best stuff. Look, that's probably why Manhunter's in there because, like, hey, Malieve, you want to draw a female Daredevil? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's what Echo was. Yeah. So it's not his best stuff, but he's still talented. It's still decent art. I'm, you guys know me. I'm like the most critical part of a of a comic book for me is the is the art. And I, I've thrown away books based on bad art. I don't care fuck how good the story is. The Damn. art is the, the the art is good. Not his best. Obviously, he was in a hurry. DC DC doesn't give as much time as Marvel, but it's still he's still a talented <laughs> dude. I mean, there's no there's no splash page that I wanna I wanna buy and post in chat or anything. Right. That was a dig at you, Lawrence. I don't know if you got. That. No, I, I I heard it. Okay. I heard it. I was aware. I was like, oh, I think that's commentary on my saber tooth post. Yeah. I don't care. Like that means there's more more uh, saber tooth art for me to buy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you buy original comic art? Not not yet. Uh-huh. It's what we'll call it. It's expensive. Especially I'm, now, because you just lost your job. Who me? Yeah. Why Why did I lose my job? What? I, what happened? Oh, because you did pre-production. You read everything we we're going to talk about. You came prepared with news, and you were. So- <laughs> you were so- I was about to say, what the fuck is Moses? Heard? I was like, what? I'm like, who? Who's? Who's been talking to you, Moses? What happened? What li- happened? That was going to be my my f- final thought. Was condolences on the loss of your job. Oh, you're hilarious, man. No, no, it it was just. It was just one of those things where, uh, you know, the stars aligned, man. That, that, like, I, I, and don't get me wrong, it was tight. Like, I didn't read, like, I didn't start reading any of this. Well, I, like I said, I had read Leviathan issue one when it came out. So that I read that like two months ago, but I read, reread it. And then I read the, um, the, <laughs> I read the, uh, <laughs> The uh, Breaklands joint, but I, I didn't get to do any of that until like five o'clock this evening. Oh. And, and it literally was just like, it just turned out that they were like quick reads, you know? So, yeah. So, but no, I, I still have my job <laughs> that that I had to do until this evening. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, the funny, the funny thing was... I, I had to put out a little bit of a fire um, this afternoon, like just before I did all that other stuff, like before I did a, the reading for today. And so when you said it like that, I was like, what? What are you talking about? Why don't I have a job? What? what? I'm like, what did you hear, Mo? <laughs> Who you been talking to? <laughs> I actually, uh, while we're talking about your job, like I actually did meet somebody that prefers NOS over every other uh, energy drink. So you did your job there. 
Hey, man. They're like, it's one of those things where they're not a lot of them, but the ones that are are hardcore, man. He says, I just love the flavor. Yeah. No, it's, it's good stuff. I got I to gotta, uh, bring you the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. Uh, we should uh, probably do... Uh, Oz, you got the heavy metal minute? Yeah. I posted a picture of Tim Drake's new costume, which was a new story, apparently. It just looks stupid to me. Oh, it- man. So ugly. Wow. Is it? Is there no cape? That's what it looks like. I thought his cape was like a flying... Uh, apocalypse angel thing wait what you know how angel when he became a horseman his he he got like metal wings yes that's what tim drake's cape reminded me of the one like on the old costume the the metal ones like from the animated shot knives out of it got you yeah that that costume is really ugly like it it looks like one of those like extra like you know how somebody that an artist gets asked to do a, a costume redesign and like goes too far with it. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Like somebody that's like someone that that you don't usually ask to do costume designs. Like, oh, I'm gonna knock this out the park. <laughs> it looks like movie Eternals. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> it's a weird brown too. Like I thought maybe the the color on my screen was off because the the old Robin costume next to it like doesn't look red either. But there's a bright ass fucking red pouch right there, so I know it's not a color color thing on my screen yeah the weird thing is like there's no remnants of it being a robin costume at all like thematically even you know what i mean like it's not even like same colors there's no no shape similarities no kind of costume motif like like i if if you didn't tell me that was red robin i don't know that i would know who that is and that's a bad thing like you know even if it's a new costume you should you should be able to recognize who that's supposed to be yeah See, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do a heavy metal minute. It's less than eight days since Tool released Fear Inoculum, and already it's selling great. It's uh, it did 260 something thousand uh album sales, and then another 200 to 250,000. Uh, stream albums like the equivalencies so basically every thousand streams is one album and it has about 200,000 of those and what's happening with that is that it is gonna throw off uh, Taylor Swift's album off the number one spot in its second week so Taylor fan Taylor Swift fans <laughs> are pissed there's, you know, on Twitter talking about, oh, grandpa's finally fi- figured out how to use iTunes and shit like that. Uh, they're telling <clears throat> people that respond that are happy about those sales to, to shut the fuck up and take care of your wife and kids or some shit. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're coming after us, the people that, that, uh, that like Tool. Uh, another interesting tidbit is that none of these album sales are part of any tour bundle where you get the album too. You know what I mean? So it doesn't count as an album sale. Whereas Taylor Swift sales uh, include the, the if you buy the concert ticket and get an album, that counts as an album sale as well. A lot of other bands do that too. Metallica did that, and Guns N' Roses did that. I think ACDC did that. You know, uh, I know Ghost for sure did that. But it didn't count towards their sales, or they didn't brag about it. I don't know. It didn't do what Tool did. <laughs> but that's that. Um, in other news, 
Monuments uh, canceled their North American tour and fired their management. Um, basically, they were going to go on tour in the U.S. and their management never got on board to getting their visas and kept them in the dark and basically told the guys that, you know, yeah, it's in the process, it's in the process, then the time for the tour comes and boom, <laughs> no visas. So they fired their management and what sucks is Monument is probably a band you haven't heard of and, and very few people have because they're a relatively young band uh, to the point that, you know, these dudes that were going to go on tour in the U.S. quit their job to go on tour, so now they still, now they, the band isn't touring, and they don't have their uh, their day jobs anymore. Those jobs were given to somebody else. Um, I don't know how hard it is for them to get jobs in the U.K. where they're from, or or what. But you know, if if you're banking on touring to make a little dough and you quit your job to tour and then you can't go, that's fucked up. So they announced that they're going to be coming to the U.S. probably around uh, spring 2020. But, you know, in the meantime, they're stuck over there due to not having the the required visas. And there's a little bit of drama in the news. Um, For those of you who don't know, Elisa White Glutz the singer from Arch Enemy used to sing in The Agonist and when she auditioned for according to the band when she auditioned for Arch Enemy she kept them in the dark about what she was doing and everything and then once she announced that she would be the new singer for Arch Enemy they fired her and replaced her so uh, now the um, Vicky Sarakis the new singer for The Agonist is uh, trying to stir the pot a little more. Um, She basically says that Lisa has been trying to kill this band ever since she was fired. So it's a bit of drama going back and forth. And and you don't get that a lot in metal, at least not like this. I don't know if it's me being sexist because it's two females going at it, but it's mainly Vicky Sikarsis going at it. As far as I can tell, uh, Lisa's been living the best life. <laughs> I mean, recently, another bit of news story for Lisa since we're on the subject. She is currently the voice of the Swarm Hunter in Gears of War 5. So Gears of War 5 just got a little bit more metal. So it's an exciting week for Lisa in the news. And uh, yeah, I'm Moses Magnum. This has been a Heavy Metal Minute. All right, let's do some news. We should have a like, uh, like Kurt. Uh, <laughs> well, not not like that, but like. I should have said, Mo. You you took a lot of joy in the fact that Taylor Swift fans are mad. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I I I got a little irritated reading their tweets. You know what I mean? Oh well, look, you should never read Taylor Swift fan tweets. Well, I, I look, they're replying to Tool fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know that they're. they're they really like they took ter- 13 years to put out an album <clears throat> they didn't have they actually did what she did which is like not put any of their shit on streaming you know like the only place you could hear tool in a streaming format was pandora for a long time 
And even then, it's like you hear one song and then you hear 13 other songs that you don't give a shit about when mm-hmm. you're the tool. And uh, and that's what she did, too, which gave her, you know, her a little bit of her mojo. But, yeah, they're, they're mad because they're, you know, she's only going to be on top for like two weeks. Like the projections, they're going to win because the tool fans are actually buying it. <laughs> you know, what right. I mean? Right. And, uh, not just streaming it so we're streaming it and buying it and mm-hmm. you know I, I i was trying to get concert tickets which is a whole other thing too but they're not even including those sales into that so yeah i did take a little joy that you know the, the response that tools gotten has been really good in terms of critically and you know they just they came from a hiatus and straight to the top no gimmicks no nothing i mean i guess the the, just waiting, the music yeah just the waiting is a gimmick i guess but no like like the music wasn't done probably oh well it, yeah that's another bit of news that i didn't get to in a minute because i don't want to go too long but the it was ready to come out in 2011 so like what everything you hear is like like they're like oh yeah you know when they asked them like how how did you they asked maynard the singer like how did you um realize it was the right time it's like well no it was it, it sounded amazing in 2011 and then you know we just released it now <laughs> yeah so why'd they do that you think um I think Dave Tool has been plagued with um, lawsuits and management issues almost for the entirety of their existence. So they never really like they'll like if they put out. So they, in 1992, they put out their first EP, five songs. It was great. People loved it. And then they put out another album and none of that EP was in that album. Like they did a whole new shit. So then they're trying to rush them to do another album. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we're going to do it when it's ready. And then, you know, they still kind of rushed it in terms of putting it out on their end because they put it, you know, they just did it and put it out. Then after that, they had to sue their own management for their own rights and everything because they're getting rushed to do it again. And they're like, we're not going to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I fuck this. And then so a lot of those things hadn't been ironed out in terms of streaming and everything from that lawsuit. So I feel that they had if we're going to put out something where the game is streaming, like we don't want to fuck ourselves up, you know, because, you know, why give everybody else the money? You know, like if everybody's doing, you know, if a SoundCloud rapper can make more in little stream royalties than they can from their method of doing business in the music industry, like. Why would they want to put something out, you know? Right. Especially when that genre isn't even as, like, popular. or Right. So it's like, you know, we'll put it out when we feel like putting it out. And, you know, when business shit aligns. And, you know, I think they, they went, they silently went, I feel they silently went through another lawsuit for the streaming stuff. Oh, gotcha. And, and that's, right. I, I really feel that even, um like one of the songs on this new album because we you know i did the story that they debuted songs playing live when they were doing the little tours Mm. in the year and um one of the songs that it's on the album they actually played when i saw them two years ago called chocolate chip trip and it, it just seemed like a little you know like they were just you know vibing with the music like jamming not not like a structured song and then on the album it's it's that jam like in between songs so yeah that was i should have broke that news back then but i did <laughs> it's okay mo oz what are you doing with these uh dupe pictures in chat they always ask for dupe in chat so i figured he's fulfilling that oh is that true i'm doing it for the audience because yeah. I, I didn't care. know that people were asking for dupe yeah 
I forget who it is. I think it's Billy OK or it's usually Billy. Yeah, but they other people have... appreciate it when when Dupe is brought up. Did we bring up Dupe? Well, no, but we oh, brought okay. House of X and stuff. Are, are gotcha. those are those images not cool? Oh no, no, there's nothing wrong with them. I was just curious. I didn't see anybody ask for it, but I just missed it. We we should have um we should have talked about giant size statics when it came out. Yeah, we should have. That sounds like, like a you book. Well, I and, mean, not really me. It's more uh, of a Moses book. Yeah, it's my book. Ecstatics, like Moses, the ecstatics fan. And it's not to say that I'm not. It's just that you know that was kind of during one of the the short hiatuses I had from comics. Like I, ecstatics was like really happening in a real way, and I like I wasn't able to buy books, and so I kind of missed it. I would have to go back and like. You know, I've, I've learned about the character since then, but it's not an era that I'm like as familiar with because I didn't buy them. Is I it, did buy Giant Size Ecstatics, though. I just didn't read it. There's a current Ecstatics book? Yeah, it came out like a month ago. Yeah. What? I think it was just a one shot, though. Yeah. Like uh, a thick one shot or like a regular size one shot? No, it's, 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 it's giant size. Huh. So it's not, and don't get me wrong, it's giant size by today's comic book standards. <laughs> but. But it's still a, a pretty decent sized book, yeah. Yeah, while we're on the subject, there is a, a documentary in production right now. Uh, it says it's, it, it's a documentary that questions the existence through the life and it questions existence through the life and career of comic book artist Mike Allred, which is one of the creators on Ecstatics. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Okay, huh. February 4th, 2020. Ecstatics, the complete collection, volume one. Paperback, $40. It'll probably be 20 Peter Billigan and, and Michael Alfred reboot X-Force into the reality stars. Ecstatic. Allred. Yeah, Michael Allred. That's what I said. What did I say? You said Alfred. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Ecstatics is tight, but Atomics. Atomics is mm. one. But that was essentially like every character, more or less, in Atomics was reimagined in Ecstatics. Statics just under the Marvel brand. Why would they not put Dupe in this cover? That's because he's busy. I mean, he's in the book, right? He has to be. I would assume, but I haven't read it, so I don't know. Well, it hasn't it hasn't come well, out yet. that's the X Force cover. Like that. Look, that's the that's the cover. There, that's the image they're showing me on this uh, pre order for Barnes and Noble. Yeah, but that that isn't the that probably isn't the cover for the actual book. No, not for Giant Size Ecstatics. No, 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 no. For the Omnibus thing. This is Ecstatics, the complete collection, Volume One. Because that was the cover for one of the comics, I think, before they actually found Duke. Wow, that's 500 pages. Yeah. I mean, Ecstatics went a good while until Brian Michael Bendis took over. <laughs> and the, the page count <laughs> went down because it's all words. Like, you might as well read a novel. <laughs> well, no, no. It's just they did restructuring with X-Men. Like, they went into more of these, you know, the. It, this was back when they were doing stuff before Disassembled. One disassembled, once Disassembled and Secret War happened, like, the status quo changed for Marvel. And there was really no room for Ecstatics. Or that X Force, I guess. I did not think we were going to do an ecstatic story today. <laughs> it's your fault, probably. Um, but yeah, Larry. Uh, in the news, we talked about what did we talk about in that? that oh, there we're going to have a Black Batman. Oh yeah, I made the argument. We've had one. We've had two. Yeah, yeah but, but that's wrong. They're not really Batman. Like, no, they're not Batman. I mean, I they weren't Batman. Like their title wasn't Batman of their books. 
Well, the front runner to take over in in this story is one of those. It's Luke Fox. Yeah, but he wasn't like he's never been Batman. He was the Batman of Africa. No, but but I don't his, even think Luke Fox was the Batman of Africa. No, he's that guy that wears yellow in with the Batmanium, right? No, that's a different guy. He looks like different. Batman Beyond, but blue and and glowy. Yeah, like when Luke Fox took over, he was in Gotham. He was like part of like the Bat family. He wasn't in. Yeah. I don't think he ever even went to africa yeah because D- that was david zimbab Zim- Zimbabwe. yeah something like that yeah he he was a kick-ass batman and he was uh you know like the the batman of africa but that's in the same way like how what knight and squire like knight is the batman of of england but he's not batman yeah. the the better example is el guacho el guacho gaucho <laughs> Which was the Batman of South America or some bullshit. And he didn't even have like a mask. He had like a bandana. <laughs> That's the example you want. I got to look at this like, guy up. The thought it is that none of those, even like, I didn't want to say it in the text, the pre-production text, because, you know, we're really doing this for the air. None of those ever replaced Bruce Wayne. No. And the story is that one of these black dudes is going to replace Bruce Wayne. Which, which is kind of ridiculous, just because the whole thing with Batman is... Well, no, it is, just because the whole thing is, like, the reason why you replace... Like, initially, you're trying to make it seem as if it's the same guy. Like, and that's why, you know, you kind of had, like... I mean, honestly, things end up kind of not falling apart, but, like, things change when it's not Bruce Wayne. You know, in the case of, like, Jean-Paul Valley, it's like, you know, he, he started getting more, much more brutal and cats were like this is not the same guy right or even and then huh even when dick was uh was batman for a while right yeah the, it's like his villains realize that what the fuck is he smiling all the time right right he was too light and he's like that's not the same guy and it's like you know and that like things change because it's like okay well that's not batman and it's like okay well Jean Paul Valley and and Dick Grayson had the the advantage of being white guys with a decent chin, <laughs> and so you know they can at least get get the benefit of the doubt until they speak or act funny. But if you put a black guy in the cowl, it's like nobody's gonna be like, oh, it's Batman. They're gonna be like, who's this? I would like to point out that during the Batman Incorporated area era. It was a bat cow. A bat cow? Yeah. It was a there's cow. A, it was a bat a, it was a cow. bat cow before the Batman Incorporated area era, hasn't there? <laughs> He's got you talking like him. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Yeah, cuz it's it's a Morrison thing. You know how Morrison digs deep. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, technically we've already had a black Batman cuz when Stan Lee did Batman, he was black. Ooh. I mean, I, I think actually I'm waiting for Mo now. Oh. Yeah, he, he was black when when Stan Lee did it. And just imagine Stan Lee creating Batman. Oh, yeah, but that wasn't Bruce Wayne, right? His name was Bruce Wayne, but he was a black guy. Oh. And he wasn't rich. Wait, isn't that the dude that was like a bat? Like, wasn't that man bat? No, his costume looked more like a bat than Batman's, but he was he was like a dude that was a wrestler in high school. And, and you know, of course, he had a little bit of tragedy in the inner city. And Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm bringing it up now. Yeah, the mask actually looks like when he wears it, like it actually looks more like a bat. I'll post that in chat. Like Batman well, only <laughs> Batman what? <laughs> <laughs> only darker. Yeah, only darker, like a little more Dominican. Wait, so that doesn't <laughs> doesn't that count as the first black Batman? I mean, it does to me. No. 
No. Oh, because Stanley did it, and you hate Stanley. Yeah, everyone knows that about me. My my searing hatred for Stanley. Everyone knows that about Lawrence Young. He got bit by a radioactive bat. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I I don't know what to say about that. It's it just seems like a strange thing. I I want to hmm? I I want to read it just to see how they how they do it because with uh actually I don't remember with John Paul Valley, but I know more recently when Grayson took it over, they still kept up the facade that Bruce Wayne was around. They had some they had a Bruce Wayne double to yeah. to make people think Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne was around. So you could still do I mean, you know, Bruce Wayne can still be around, but now Batman's black. Like so now like what charade are you going to like how are you going to present that this is the you can't hide that this is a different dude. Is my point, I guess. That's exactly what I was saying, yeah. That's ridiculous. And I, I don't know, I don't understand why DC, like, DC seems like they stumble over their, like, black characters specifically for some reason, like, for, which is crazy because they have good ones that they just don't use right, you know? I Like, why, why, like, why make a black Batman when you could just, like, further try to push, like, Black Lightning? Some or... people think Black Lightning will be the next black batman oh now, do you think do you think that the black robin it doesn't count because he, they don't call him robin i mean if if you don't call him robin then it doesn't it's not a robin right but he's but well i mean he was robin he was a robin for when he, there was, he was? The, w- yeah it was early on when like there was a gang of robins and, oh well yeah and, i remember that yeah, but they were all robin see, but that's not the same thing right well that's when he kind of joined up with batman later on like when he actually gets an official suit they change it to the signal but for the for the first few <laughs> books he was all robin yeah that was like more of like a social movement thing yeah i mean yeah granted there was like a hundred robins but he was one of them <laughs> yeah i don't I, I don't think of him as a robin i think he was the only black one too among a hundred yeah i think <laughs> i think you're right yeah and then yeah the, the character's okay but he doesn't really do anything special for me i i haven't like, read anything from the signal yeah that'd be crazy if he's the guy like that would be insane he's too like, young the though. bad idea i just i don't know it just all feels like a bad idea to me but you know i would i'll give it a read especially if somebody else reads it and it's like hey it's good I, a lot of people think it's gonna be black lightning it, any any black superhero with powers doesn't work because that's not Batman. It's, it's not batman if if, well, if black lightning takes takes over the 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 mantle and he's got superpowers then it's not really batman it's black lightning in cosplay now you give it to to luke fox who who i think is the one that's going to take it over that dude has no powers he's just a really good martial artist you know he he's he, he he's still a regular dude taking up that mantle and that works that that's what Batman is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a regular dude. Yeah, I granted, you know, that uh, we're at a point where Bruce Wayne's like intellect and and strategizing is superhuman level as well as his stamina and all that. But it, essentially, he's supposed to be a regular dude. That's just right. really good. So I, I, I wouldn't want to see anybody with anybody with superpowers take over that role. Yeah. That, that's one of my man. problems with John Paul Valley. John Paul Valley like, had superpowers. I don't like it either way, whether they you know they are superpowers or not. It just seems like a little like too much for me. But maybe there'll be a good story reason for it to happen and you know, it'll work. But that but. and that's an argument I've made before where you know, why not just like why not just create another character? 
But I also realized that they could create another character, a, a black Batman, and nobody's going to care. Because, like I said, we've had two. I mean, I cared. Like, I, like you cared, but you can't sustain a comic book series. I mean, how many Batwings yeah, did you buy? You're correct. You know, how many Batwings did you buy? I, I bought a lot of them. You, you bought almost all of them. Yeah, like, I, I bought, like, the new 52. Like, I, I bought all of the David Zimbabwe run. Uh, I And then the transition to Luke Fox, I still bought those because they were... It, it was good. It was the books were were well written and the characters were good, you know. But you know, well, you the, the only end, one. It, it's like some like I guess DC probably lost interest because like the characters kind of the series stopped, the characters faded away, and now they're like, well, you know what we need, Black Batman, <laughs> and it'll be Idris Elba because. <laughs> Every time you want to put a black guy in a white in a, in a white man's space, Idris Elba's the go-to. They should get that Sterling K. Cooper guy that you talked about. <laughs> Is it Ster- Sterling K. Brown? K. Brown, yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> it's like Sterling K. Cooper. <laughs> I did that on purpose because Sterling Cooper was that agency in Mad Men. P.I. Mad Men. Oh, Mad Men. Oh, gotcha. You know that that documentary about the good old days. <laughs> right. What, there it is. what the hell has Sterling K. Cooper done that you like? What you you weren't listening when we were talking about it? Oh, what Black Panther? What no. Black Panther? Hotel Artemis. Well, he I, did the the what you call it the the Menendez brothers. Yeah, they're good. Well, that's some old shit. We ain't, we haven't talked about that in like two weeks. What the Menendez brothers? Yeah. That was last year. No, we talked about them like a week ago. Like Joe talked about how they killed their parents. Yeah, and they weren't white, right. but they were pretty much white. Yeah, was, but um. Oh, he did. Yeah. The, he did the people versus OJ Simpson. Oh, that's what he did. That's the one he did. He was really good in that. It's either that, or I know a lot of people love This Is Us. He's in that too. I have. This is us. I don't watch any of that crap. This is us is like a is a drama that that's depressing and people like to watch it and cry afterwards. Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Wait, no, did I? No, it's a TV show. So yeah. Oh no, I didn't see that. No, no. I was thinking when they see us. That's what I saw. Yeah, this is us. I'm not watching at all. That's the one with Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah, with <laughs> with Milo uh, Domino and Deadpool face with a mustache. I, I don't know what that means, but I'm not watching it either way. Because the because Domino and the Deadpool too has Ventimiglia disease. Oh, <laughs> which is like her eye. And- her eye, yeah. like the, the the light skin on on the one eye, is is just a sh- it's just like his yeah. shadow. It's Davidamiglia. I should do that. I should take a picture of of Zazzy Beats and on her eye, just Photoshop Vintimiglia like naked. Yeah. Tyre Claw in chat says Sterling K. Brown is the voice of one of the pigs in Angry Bird movie too. Nobody saw that. Guess what I'm watching next. <laughs> Like Angel has fallen. It's been taking number one for like the last two or three weeks. It came out already. Yeah, it's been the number one movie like two wow. or three weeks in a row. Yeah, I, I in the news, Larry. Since we are on the topic of news, people have reported that there was empty rooms for this Labor Day uh, re-release of Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh yeah. Yeah, like people didn't give a shit about it coming back. They weren't excited about the four extra minutes. No, nobody gave a shit. I'm surprised yeah, people watched see that. Endgame for like that one extra what minute and a half scene. Yeah, but yeah, you, know, you know the news did come out that you know the Sony thing like a week before that, so probably people like yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Nobody- also- like everybody was, you know, in that that thing that I told you that I recorded for the bonus mini. So, um, 
the guy was like, man, and they, they revealed this aura, and they revealed this identity, and like, yeah, and you're not going to see any of it. Like, you're not going to see how that plays out. Well, now that's You funny. think they're not going to continue that storyline? They probably not, because that, that was Marvel. That was, you know, like, even if they were going to, if they do continue it, they're not going to do the job that the guys that, you know, because say what you will, Larry, I know you hate Marvel. Everyone MC. knows that about me. Yeah, but but they got, they had good people, you know, at least coming up with partly good ideas till they fucked it up and changed it. You know, like, they got to hear Crystal's Gage and all that, that they kind of draw from, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do know. But Sony, I mean, if Sony gets smart, they'll, they'll hire, like, a Seb Wells or somebody to at least consult or do the first draft. Like, if they were really smart, they'd hire him to do the final draft. Like, okay, right. here's what you have, but Seb Wells, you, you make it Spider-Man, you know? Or even uh, the dude, the, the well, that dude's too busy. He can't do it. But the dude that did Sabrina and Riverdale, like, he could do good Spider-Man stories. Do you think, Probably. Do you think- No, he did Like, he wrote Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, and- I didn't read Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Like he, that's where he. I think that's how he got his start in comics. Was that was the non-continuity. Um, like you didn't have to be bogged down by the continuity book, right? No, he. It was because the one that he did was during, I believe it was during Civil War, but it dealt not so much with Peter being Spider-Man and Iron Spider and all that. It dealt with more of him being the chemistry teacher. Oh, okay. It's all that, you know. Got you. Do you think they're going to ignore that whole thing that everybody knows his identity? Or do you think now that Sony has it back, they can do the Mephisto story? Uh, like the, what, the the Mephisto story? Yeah, where he erases everybody's knowledge, but he loses Mary Jane. And then you don't have to pay Zendaya anymore. Well, you're, well look, that's not Mary Jane. That's, that's, that's new that's, Mary Jane. Now they can fix that. That's not Mary Jane. That's Michelle Janet, whatever her last name that's is. That's MJ. MJ. Not Mary Jane. Don't get it twisted. Okay, but the point is... She'll she'll never be Mary Jane. Point is, Sony has Mephisto. Yeah, I mean... So now they can do that. As far as I'm concerned, MCU lost it, Mary Jane. Or or do you think they're going to just not acknowledge that that happened at all? Look, if anything, they're going to have more of a of a J. Jonah Jameson presence now because they can give him his hair back. <laughs> Wait, so so do, does uh, Sony have rights to Mephisto? Well, I, technically, the Ghost Riders were Columbia Pictures, but they're yeah, distributed they're, by Sony. Like, they're owned by oh. Sony, basically. They're owned by Marvel MCU. Now. Yeah, the Ghost Riders. The Ghost Rider licenses Marvel again. That's why it was in Shield. Remember? Does that include Mephistopheles? Well, I I don't. Let me put it like this. I don't know that Mephisto is part of the Ghost Rider license, but it doesn't strike me that it's part of the Spider-Man license either. You know, it, it's like it'd be more likely that it's a Ghost Rider license than it is a Spider-Man. But even then, I don't think it'd be a Ghost Rider one exclusively. No, it's, it's probably like a general in a, some kind of general character pool or something. It might be MCU already and nobody really wants to use him because Disney don't want to use him because he's the devil and didn't right. go into that. Uh, like they told, uh, who was it? I think uh, it was in the news today. It's not comic news, but since we're in the news topic, they Kristen Stewart revealed that they told her that she couldn't be in the Marvel movie because she was a lesbian. Dang, no way. Yeah, Kristen Stewart's a lesbian. Yeah, wasn't she banging Battinson for like five well, years? That movie, like that's that's you know. No, they were also together in real life. Oh no no no! They were. That's a fake thing for the you know, so that the tabloids have something to talk about that promotes the movie without them having to pay for commercials. 
But like the what third I'm, challenge. What what does her being a lesbian have to do with her being in the movies? Because like like the, like they have gay characters in the MCU. Do they? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure they do, don't they? I mean, you said they do. Now you're pretty sure they do. You said they do. They do Valkyrie. I mean, I don't know if Valkyrie would count, but I, what, well, there wasn't she, any she lesbians does. Like in the Netflix stuff? Uh, I mean, they're villains, not like leading people. But I'm saying... Derek so, H. Cup and says Kristen Stewart is bisexual. Okay. But yeah. they basically, can't, they told her... she should be a villain? I mean, that's not... At the time they told her that, like, she was, like, leading woman, like, material, not... Oh, that was... Oh, this was, like, back in the day. I mean, not that back in the day, but yeah... I mean, they, they basically said, like, don't go around in public holding your partner's hand because if you ever want to be in a Marvel movie, you got to you gotta cut that shit out. That sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Homegirl from Fast and Furious is very successful and is openly gay. Are you What's, talking about Wonder Woman? No, from Fast and Furious. Uh, John Rodriguez? Yeah. yeah. What's the last movie she opened up? Fast and Furious 9. That's, it's not even out yet. Or 8. Whatever the last <laughs> Fast and Furious before Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw was. Like, is she really in eight? Yeah. There, it was a whole, like, they, they brought her back to life. Larry, did you know she was in eight? No, I, I haven't seen a it, Fast and Furious since she also, she also did you ever, like Did you ever Google Fast and Furious 8 and see her on the poster? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, hold on. What was the last Fast and Furious movie you watched? Uh, I mean. Well, the, there you go. Because I've no, seen them all. Same, I mean, I'm not. Look, you don't have to. You're the one that's seen them. Like, is she on the poster? Like, it, all I see is, uh, what is it? Harvey Firestein and The Rock. <laughs> Wait, who? The, the guy that sounds like Harvey Firestein, uh, Vin Diesel. Who's Harvey Firestein? He's the gay guy that sounds like this. Oh, I do know that guy. <laughs> I was like, who is that? <laughs> I know I know him. You're right. I, I, I see just, his face in my head. I'm seeing her. I'm seeing her on the poster. Uh, <laughs> she's behind Tyrese and Ludacris and Jason Statham and The Rock. Uh, so she is on uh, on the poster, but she's way behind every all the dudes. Sexism. And, and I, well, but I also know like when I saw the trailers for that, I didn't know she was in it. And all I really saw was that they were hunting the Harry Firestein sounded motherfucker, and that's it. Like it's fa- Fast and Furious Winter Soldier. Right, but she. Yeah, she let because it's uh it's Vin Diesel's character going bad, and so you mean she, she's me Vin Diesel's girlfriend in the in the whole series. So she's the one that's like, oh, he's not really bad. Something something's going on. Yeah. Okay. So she's so she's the lead. Like she's the main one trying to bring him back to the good side. No. No. I'm asking. The uh, ultimate yeah. ultimately the the main one the main one ends up being the Rock because he's such a huge star. She's the one convincing the team that he's You're not bad. She lead a movie even though she's a lesbian. Right. She has led movies. She had like another movie where she's like but a transsexual. The last movie she led, and you said Fate of the Furious. Now you're telling me that she's not leading well, it. Well, that's an ensemble movie. Nobody's leading it. But I asked, look, I asked you which one was the last one she led. Uh, what's the name of it? It's she plays a transsexual. What? What, uh, what big summer blockbuster is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's Crying a game reboot. The assignment that opened to how many uh, seats? How many like screens? Yeah, how many screens? Oh, you have to make you make you look that up, huh? Because yes, I mean, like, if, you, if she led, like, they told Kristen Stewart, you can't be. In a Marvel movie, that's essentially saying you can't be a superhero leading woman in a blockbuster movie. 
Now you're telling me that she is doing defying that. Give me an example of her defying that. Fate of the Furious. <laughs> we, we literally spent ten minutes saying how she didn't do that in Fate of the Furious. That's only because Vin Diesel tries to take over everything. It, that I mean, and and I The Rock is such Vin a presence. Over. I asked you which was the last movie she led. You told me that, and it's not the case. Now tell me where which was the last one that she led. Let's see. Exactly. Well, you're not going to count the assignment because that's. Well, no. I mean, I I I'm willing to count it. Just tell me how much, how many, how much money it brought in ticket sales. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't lead that. Let's see. She Battle Battle of Los Angeles. Oh jeez. Yeah, she didn't lead that either. I watched that movie. Blue, I forgot she's in it. Blue Crush. That's when people thought she was straight and. She still didn't leave that. That was the other white woman that nobody gives a shit about now. Oh, girl fight. Be- oh, girl fight. To be more specific, we're not sure which white woman that one is. Well, yeah, look, it doesn't matter. Like, gotcha. she's over 30 and nobody gives a shit about her. I guess girl fight came before Blue Crush, so. That's what, that was her breakout role. Yeah, girl fight was a great movie. And, it, you know, that was when people gave a shit about independent movies. So it wasn't even like a blockbuster. It was critically acclaimed. Tropico yeah. de sangre. Yeah. There you go. Again, I mean, all I asked was you, for you to make a case. And now you just got to play that wrap-up music because I got to watch VH90210. Is that not yeah. done yet? No. Hilarious. Derek, Derek H. said ScarJo's Black Widow movie didn't get greenlit until after she got engaged to Colin. Is that Yost? Jost? How do you say that? Yost, yeah. Who, who is that? That's the guy from Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But you don't even know that. Like, if it was the other dude, then like, not like, Michael Che. No, nah, not Michael Che. The, the other, other guy. Yeah. Like what? that guy, like that guy doesn't even. Well, you know, when Chick says like, oh, he makes me laugh. Like, yeah, not that guy. That guy. Like, yeah, Che will be that guy. And yeah. um, like, I can see somebody like Scar Joe going for him. But Colin Jost is like, really? <laughs> I guess she just wants to be with a white man. Like. <laughs> is that is that what the takeaway from that? I guess this was he's just the whitest a white man could be. That's kind of hit, but funny, but not. You know, he's not. Yeah, you know, they're not giving him sixty million for a special. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. he really just plays off really well with with Michael Che. Like I don't. You know, Dennis Miller, Norm Macdonald, even Dan Aykroyd had like you know was it the forget her name doing the weekend update but like they literally have to pair these two dudes together to do a good weekend update <laughs> he couldn't do it on his own and michael che could have probably done it on his own but they didn't i don't i, I think if if colin jost left weekend update michael che could do it on his own yeah i think so if michael che left i don't think yeah jost could do it on his own yeah uh scar joe said according to Derek h scar joe said he was she was attracted to colin because he was very confident on set confidence is key I get. Oh, there you go. I almost I wanted to cyber bully somebody when uh, they they put a post saying because there was a story that the the Black Widow movie is you know they they were talking about where it takes place and somebody posted that the Black Widow movie is considered a prequel to Endgame that takes place after Civil War, which to me was so it's a prequel to Infinity War then, right? Yeah. Because if, you, if you're already in Endgame, that's five years after Infinity War. Right. Which is after Civil War. Like the whole point of Infinity, the whole reason they, they think they lost is because of Civil War. 
because of Infinity War. No, no. In Infinity War, the reason they they lost was because they split up in Civil War. Yeah, they were disassembled. Yeah. Oh, got you, got you. So if this movie takes place after Civil War, but before Endgame, then it really takes place before Infinity War. Right. Like she don't even have the blonde the blonde uh, highlights or whatever. Yeah, they they did say the black the Black Widow movie. They said is. Like I think part of parts of it are flashbacks to like her origins, but I think they did say primarily it takes place between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. You guys gonna watch that? Oh yeah, yeah. There he is. I mean, dude, we all are. Like, come on. Uh, I'm Scarlett done. Johansson. I'm done with comic movies. And she's uh, dating Jost. Like, it's, she's not the same. Yeah. Plus, she's, she's not the same. <laughs> Aren't we done with the Infinity Saga? Like I thought that was over. Yeah, but what, this, what what's Infinity? What what's it have to do with Infinity Saga? It takes place if it takes place before Endgame. It's part of the Infinity oh, Saga. Yeah, it's not before Endgame. They they're wrong. It's before Infinity War. Okay, which is before Endgame. Yeah, if so facto. Is, it, it, why don't you just shut the fuck up and watch some Dragon Ball Z, right? Wait, like, they'll like... have a saga, and then they'll give you a movie that takes place in between in the saga, like. They had the whole Cell thing, but then they gave you the Trunks movie where he goes back in time to try to stop Cell. And then, you know, and it's just a Trunks movie. Yeah, It's like friggin' Black Widow on the run eating. Yeah, it won't change anything in, like, you're going to see her bleach her hair. That's it. <laughs> like, what you're I, probably right. Well, what I'm saying <laughs> is, like, how Captain Marvel came out, like, after Infinity War, but timeline-wise, it, it takes place... Like before, like it's in the nineties. It's like the movie right. you watch after the first Avenger, right? Because that's she's technically like the second Avenger at that point. Uh, I, yeah, you could say that if you're chronologically about movie movie chrono. Yeah, movie I, it take, I I understand that the Avengers didn't exist at that point, but if Captain America is the first one in the forties, you don't get another one until the nineties, which is right. where Captain. So even though it came out Infinity War, you shoehorn that in. Like if you try to Google the MCU timeline, they're gonna put Captain Marvel before a whole shit ton of movies. So yeah. Black Widow is gonna be thrown in that timeline. It's not gonna be. It's not Phase Four, wherever the fuck they are. Right. At least, yeah, no, it shouldn't be. But who knows? By the by, the end of the movie, who knows where we'll be? I know. It might be the the resurrection of Black Widow. No, they're well, not. I know. I know where I'll be during the whole thing. I'll be my at home, <laughs> watching Beverly Hills. Yeah, BH nine hundred two one zero. Just now, six minutes in. Oh jeez. Okay, let's go. It's not on demand. You can't just start it from the beginning. It's not the same. I have to watch it with the commercials and live. It's not like a sporting event. Well, you know, it, I watched it like that in the original run, and I'm watching it like that now, like to get the full feeling. I watch it. Like- <laughs> Do it live. Do it live. Oscar, final thought. Dave Chappelle still funny. <laughs> Moses back to final thought. Uh, I forgot what my final thought was, but yeah, BH nine hundred two and zero. Stay tuned for Moses Magnum hosting the BH nine hundred two and zero podcast. <laughs> you should do the after show like Chris Hardwick. That's a good idea. What was? was- because I was going to do just the commentary like while I'm watching it. Oh, yeah, you could do that. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you all for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Uh, if you want to let us know 
what it is you want us to talk about next week, go ahead and hit us up on all of our social media. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us on, on Instagram, join the, the Facebook group. Uh, hit us up. We're there. We'll, we we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think of the show. So make sure you let us know. Uh, if you're listening via podcast, you want to join us live, make sure you show up one of these Wednesday nights, 630 Pacific. This is Fantastic Forum. Only on allgames.com. <laughs>